Like I have no desire. I'm not going to win the CrossFit game. I'll tell you that right now. I'll probably never win it because I don't have that pressing desire mm. to win it. I just want to enjoy the opportunity that I have to represent myself, my gym, my country, uh, and all the, the uh, my fans and followers, I guess, if you will, uh, like on the world stage doing something I love. Alrighty, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Adventure Fit Radio. This week, what we have is we have Khan Porter. So this is the last flashback episode we'll do. Um, we've basically given ourselves a little bit of a, a break in between seasons. Uh, we're 170-odd shows in now and um, going strong, although there are some changes. Tommy's moving to Indonesia for a sustained amount of time, so... Um, the podcast will carry on. Tommy and I will record ooh, probably eight shows before he leaves and we'll filter them out across a year while Tommy's away. And in the meantime, we're going to have a bunch of co-hosts that are going to come and jump on and, uh, and help me, which is really sad because we won't have Tommy's tributes every week and uh, um, probably the only reason it's sad. Nah, it'll be super sad. Me and Tommy grew this thing. Obviously, Mac was very early days with us, but... Me and Tommy grew this thing as a duo, really. He's, um, he's, you know, nearly every bit as much Adventure Radio as I am. You know, if I'm 51%, he's the 49. Um, so it's a real shame for him to, to duck out, but he's doing his life, and, uh, and that's that, and he's stoked with what he's got set up. So um, I'm really happy for him. So this show, guys, our last flashback show before we get into some new shows and a new season and a new format with um, Adventure Fit Radio. So this is with Khan Porter. Just a great chat about um, the life of, you know, a young guy in the fitness industry, big social profile, um, dealt with some some mental health stuff in his past, um, and just a real honest chat. So this is a good one, guys. Uh, Before we get into it, Go ahead and check out trueprotein.com.au. True Protein are a partner of us at AdventureFit and they're our supplement partner and they're awesome. So to be perfectly honest, um, me and Tommy have been using True Protein for longer than we've been partnered with them. Um, If AdventureFit were to partner with anyone in the Australian supplement sphere, then it would be True Protein. So... The guys are kind enough to offer 10% off to all of our listeners. So 10% off if you use the code ADVF at trueprotein.com.au. Guys, they've got all your kinds of proteins that you could ever imagine, all your kind of mass gainers, all your kinds of um, aminos and creatines, all your type of carbohydrates, protein snacks, superfood powders, um, Tea, coffee, oils, and other like uh, add-ons. Uh, they've got everything. So check them out, trueprotein.com.au. Also, guys, head to www.adventurefittravel.com and you can use the code RADIO there for 10% off. So what we've got coming up in the next 12 months, guys, we have Vietnam, which by the time this show is released will nearly be running and there is no spots left on that trip. Uh, we will have... South Africa in September, so last chance to get in over the next few weeks and, uh, and get your spot on our South Africa trip. We're going on safari. Um, we'll go to a big five safari park, which is going to be sick. 
Um, the rest of the time will be based in Cape Town. We're climbing Table Mountain, um, diving with sharks, abseiling down Table Mountain, wine tasting in the Stellenbosch region. Uh, Cape Town's my favorite city on the planet. I've been to 40 countries. I've been to even more cities, obviously. Um, it's my all-time favorite. So is Cape Town as my all-time favorite country as well. Equal with Mexico, which is coming up in Feb. We've also got Iceland in November. We've got Thailand, Bali, and that's probably it for the next, uh, for the next 12 months. So if you've missed out on this Vietnam trip and you want to get in there, our next Vietnam trip will be released very, very soon. But um, yeah, that's it, guys. So head to www.adventurefittravel.com and check out everything we have. And if you want to jump on board, use the code RADIO for 10% off at checkout. Here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. Discovery Roger, go for deploy. Where did we come from? Some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die. Alrighty. Well, we may as well just uh, start us off now, Tommy. Uh, let's uh, let's hit it up with Tommy's tribute. Beautiful. Serenade me. Serenade. I certainly will. So, for everyone at home, I've chosen single ladies. Uh, because we all know uh, the famous Instagram video that you put up, mate. Jeez, that got a lot of love, didn't it? It did, hey. Yeah. I, know, a little, like I posted it and then flew overseas, and the next day it was a little bit gangbusters. Yeah, hey? that's right. All righty, so here we go. It's a, it's a one chord song. My singing is atrocious, by the way, mate. That's all right. You know, this is the first time a man has sat opposite me on a couch yeah, and sung to me. Right. So. All right, here we go. All the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. Now put your hands up. Walking to the gym, doing your own thing. We're speaking to your man today. He's got all the tats, he's got all the abs. I bet you're happy he isn't gay. Wanna know how he trains and how he maintains a fitness level like he does? Cause he's back at the games to reignite the flames, forgetting fucking tons of girls' names. Cause if you want him, then you should give him a like on the gram. Even though I'm not really sure he is a single man, but it doesn't really matter, do the best you can. If you're a single lady, you really should be getting the tan to get with Khan. Khan, Khan. Welcome to the show. I am absolutely chuffed with that, gentlemen. That's the first time anyone has that I'm aware of written a song about me, and that was unreal, fellas. Really, really good stuff. Welcome, mate. Bet you happy he's and gay for all the single ladies out there. Allegedly, I heard he was. That was one of the better ones. I know. As I said, man, I was half pissed when I wrote it. I can't remember who showed me. Jen, this chick was on one of our Adventure Fit trips, said there's some really cute CrossFitters in Australia, but it's a shame that they're gay. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean, Jen? And she goes, oh, you know, what's his name? He's, he's a, he went to the CrossFit Games. Um, 
Khan. Khan someone. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if Khan Porter's gay. She goes, no, no, he is. Look, look, he is, he is. And she showed me a photo of you and your mates in your budgie yeah, smugglers. Like, right. oh, all hugging, embracing. Yeah. I'm like, nah, I think that's a piss take, Jen, but no, no. who knows? Really masculine dudes <laughs> in Australia do that. Yeah, no, I think like, I like to leave it a little ambiguous. I'm not gay. But at the same time, I think someone posted on Twitter last year, words to that effect like oh you know super upset that Khan Porter is gay or something like that and I remember writing back I was like I'm actually not <laughs> but I make no apologies for um, leading that impression yeah. on. Like, if anything that's a compliment thank you that's right. and then all these people were just like that's great it's yeah. a great idea sort of like mentality to have Operation Make Khan Gay <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how successful they're going to be I'm actually uh, very straight right. <laughs> very straight we'll definitely go into that later yeah. <laughs> um, so Khan um Thanks for coming on the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your history. Um, tell us about Khan Porter. That's oh, a very broad question. My history. Um, I guess I got into CrossFit about four years ago. I was working full-time as a journo in my final year of university, studying comms with a major in journalism. And um, I would always play different sports, I guess, from the time I was a kid. My parents used to make me play sport growing up. And I was just training to keep fit and healthy. And then I saw CrossFit. Uh, I was introduced to it at a Globo gym and kind of saw it as a means of, I guess, competing with myself and with all these people all over the world that were posting these scores from these workouts. And it really appealed to my competitive nature. And I figured, you know, it's something that I can just do recreationally and get as good as I want to get at it. And as long as I'm getting better and better and better, then that's kind of cool. And then I saw the CrossFit Games. Pardon me, I'm probably going to burp a few. It was a bad <laughs> idea to drink a beer while we were doing this. Um, and then I kind of saw the games in that and thought, oh, you know, I wouldn't mind giving this a go. So I found myself in a full-time job with a disposable income for the first sort of time in my life. And a gym opened up near the home, uh, walked in and pretty much just was like, yes, yeah, wait, I'm going to go to, uh, hey, I want to do CrossFit. I want to do CrossFit games and, and like probably start with regionals. And I remember like, <laughs> obviously, as, as you do the CrossFit <laughs> right, gym, was just yeah, like, oh, okay, we'll see, we'll see how you go. But yeah. um. I think like a couple of weeks in, I had a 220 Fran done like and dusted sort of once I learned how to do butterfly pull-ups properly. And yeah, I kind of picked everything up pretty quick. Yeah. And I'm just that kind of competitive person where if I sort of, if I want to win something, like I, I, that's kind of it. Like I have to. And if I don't, I will beat myself up over it and to the point where I figure out what did I do wrong and how can I make myself better in that way and, mm-hmm. and fix that. And that, yeah. And then I don't know, I've been working full-time uh, writing and then that kind of I had a contract and that contract and finished up and then I found myself sort of immersed in the coaching world and came to a realization that I really loved I guess more than anything I guess the community aspect of CrossFit that it built this entire kind of uh, yeah this like group of people with all sort of similar interests and it became such a huge part of the people's lives who did it to the extent that I was doing it. And that led me to set up this gym sort of a week before I made regionals for the first time. And mm-hmm. then I uh, think we were talking about it earlier, made regionals and placed 10th mm. sort of almost sort of seven, eight months into CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, if I really knuckle down with this, I can potentially have a decent, decent crack at it. And yeah, the next year qualified for the games. Um, and that kind of changed the scope of what I was doing with running my own facility and, sort of shifted focus more towards, I guess, an athletic career, if you'll call it that, um, within the CrossFit space, mm-hmm. uh, which has kind of come full circle now to the point where I am, um, I guess, yeah, now looking for what's sort of beyond the athletic side of things. Say later, lads. Um, and sort of exploring all those sorts of things, yeah, cool. at this point in time. Mm. Cool. 
So we'll take it back right to the start. I mentioned, uh, I heard you mention that your parents made you play sport. Yeah. Were you, were you a sporty kid? Like, what do you mean? It's not a way not that you'd like normally negative, phrase it. Not in a negative way. That probably the phrasing came out probably wrong. Not in a negative way. Just in Pushed you to be athletic and my try parents, everything. Well, it was, you know, rather than have a sit inside and play video games and stuff like that, I was always like, particularly when I was younger, I was quite a chubby kid and also like could be a little socially awkward. So my parents kind of had this whole, it was, it was more, more about getting us out of the house and teaching us that you had to, you know, be active and that, that yep. being, having an active lifestyle was just a part of life. So they'd put us into these team sports and stuff and summer and winter, we had to do one. We had to do something that was physically active because it was good for you. Yep. And that Makes was sense. kind of, I guess, what it wasn't like it was a negative thing. I, I luckily, you know, it took me a little while, but then I really took to the sports that I participated in. It used to be, it was pretty much footy all winter and then surf life-saving all summer. So and footy, then, you mean uh, you mean rugby, rugby union? Rugby union, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Gotcha. And I played uh, like a New South Wales country level and schools level in rugby and was competing at like a national level surf life-saving as well. Um, and that was all, yeah, I mean, that was good fun. And it did, it taught me that, you know, because I am a competitive person and I wanted to do well at them, that kind of gave me this drive and it taught me the importance of training. And it's interesting as well. I think it's funny like uh, becoming a bit of a sort of, I don't know, starting to read into more things like, you know, everything happens for a reason and there's all this sort of stuff. But I remember at primary school when I was less sort of sportingly inclined, I used to really pursue wanting to be you know, I, I had a real keen interest in the academic side of things and I mm -hmm. tried really hard at school and I sat a test and got into a selective high school for academic, like an academic high school and then went there and I went to this very small primary school where there were only a handful of kids in the grade and I actually, then once I got into this academic school, it was this kind of big fish in a little pond going to be this like little fish in a big pond where there were all these like genius level kids and I was just so overshadowed when it came to the academic side of things that I went all right well I'm going to kind of go down the you know avenue of sport because I've always played sport mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of go down that avenue and that's going to be my thing that I mm. can really put my attention into and then yeah that's where I guess I developed the passion for I guess fitness and training from yeah but that makes sense I suppose you're always going to kind of gravitate to it's human nature to gravitate to something that you feel like you can excel at you know what I mean? Everyone Absolutely. wants to. Everyone wants to end the day. Um, you know, family, successful, and achieved things. You mm. know, you want to set your mind to something and, and go out and achieve it. So that's great. So you were. So you were. But you were working in journalism. So from school, you studied to so be a journalist. School, what, that was your plan, uh, or nah? So from school, I've uh, I got all like my head what runs at 100 mile an hour and I always have like a different idea and I'm always doing 10 million things at once and it's kind of been that way for as long as I can remember. And I sort of finished high school and kind of really wanted to travel, but then kind of didn't. I was seeing a girl at the time and she was at uni. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to go to you. There he is. I already dropped my first fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then you I was the like, I'm going to go. <laughs> so I'm gonna go to uni. And so I went to uni and I was studying criminology and I got it. Like I got into that and started studying that. I'm not entirely sure what I wanted to do. I think I'd been watching a lot of CSI at that point in time. Good. And then I'm like, good show. <laughs> really hey. good. Back in the day, the original, that's oh, CSI. I love my gangster books too. I used to have fucking panic attacks about that show. It <laughs> oh. freaked me out. Just dead bodies. Yeah, right. I know, but it was like, 
And for some reason, because it was new, everyone's parents were like, no, it's okay. I know that you're a child and this is quite graphic, but because this is a new show and everyone's into it, you can watch it. <laughs> yeah. So sitting there going, fuck, I mean, I'm like, like these people get killed all the time. Yeah. yeah. No, so we, um, that was, that was the, I lasted all of six months there and was like, why the fuck are you at university? You hated school at the end and all you wanted to do was go surfing. So dropped out of uni and I was lifeguarding full time. Uh, I was lifeguarding at the time professionally and so what is just so before we go on what does lifeguarding pay pays well if you're a full time yeah. yeah I mean but it was only seven months of the year that I'd work so I'd yeah, work right. from September through to say end of April yep uh, or early May even I think it was usually the Anzac Day weekend we'd finish up yep um, so I'd work yeah I'd work that stint in time and it was a pretty good hourly rate for a young guy that's still living at home and that sort of stuff. So I had sure. money and Sick lifestyle definitely. too. I was sick mm. and then I'd finish. We'd go to Bali every year. I'd go to Bali, go surfing in the off season. But kind of that life, I guess the nature of person that I am is I get very stale and very stagnant very quickly and that fucks with my head a lot. And so I found myself, like that was cool for kind of a year. And mm-hmm. then I found myself in a bit of a rut, like I guess sort of, um, mentally because I, I felt that I was just completely understimulated. Mm-hmm. And so I started, which I still do, um, just spending hours and hours and hours reading about fitness and training mm. and that sort of thing. And that became like this kind of passion of mine, particularly when I was, I mean, in the off season, when I wasn't overseas, I effectively did not have a job. Uh, I was living off money that I would save in the season. So I'd wake up at like, whatever out whatever whenever I wanted to and kind of all I had to do in a day was maybe go and work out and as I'd go and work out and then I'd spend hours at my computer I'd listen to podcasts I'd read things sounds I'd like a videos. really Sick fucking life. good gig yeah <laughs> well it does I but like at the it. same time I found myself I said as I said I found myself completely understimulated by that lifestyle and then uh, made the decision to move to Sydney so uh, where were you at this stage I'm still on the central coast that's where I grew up gotcha mm. and yeah sort of moved to Sydney and um, thought I'd pursue maybe pursue a career in the fitness industry but uh, I dipped my toe in that world and hated it so much mm. that I was like adamant that I was never going to work in that industry. Mm. That's such Some a, of it sucks, hey? It's just a fucked industry, man. Yeah. Like there's so much, it's, oh, I don't know, could talk for hours. I actually, so um, I actually I think felt wrong ver- with it, very, very much the same. I was always wanted something in the fitness industry and then I don't actually CrossFit anymore. Mm. Adventure Fit just engulfed my life and then competitively, I'm a weightlifter. Tommy loves it when I say that because I say it every show. Every apparently. single show. <laughs> what, what are you again, mate? What are you doing? I'm a, I'm a weightlifter. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Competitive weightlifter. Get, 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 get around it. But, Pick up things off the ground. But in all seriousness though, until I found CrossFit, I didn't like the fitness industry either. Mm. I literally thought mm. this niche, I found it and I was like, wow, this actually fucking works. The community aspect is awesome and it, you know, that's when I actually entered the fitness industry. Well, I don't necessarily think there's, I mean, this is where like those CrossFit purists out there probably shoot me for this, but I don't necessarily think it's CrossFit so much as just, I guess, the advancement of the fitness industry at the time that I kind of dipped my toes in was still completely overrun by this mentality that bodybuilding and figure modeling and stuff like that was how you trained. You did Mm. four sets of 10 and you supersetted everything and that's how you got it. And I was like, this is fucked. I don't want to be this big hulking Dude, and I don't want to be working in an industry where you're kind of put on this godlike pedestal if you are this ripped up, hulking, 100%. sort of massive human, yeah. even if you have no concept of, of how to actually train someone. Yeah, have you right. been to the Health and Fitness Expos before? You do. You yeah, competed. Yeah, I've been down there a few uh, times. So we've done the Ad- Adventure Fit, have been there a couple of times, and the ones that we haven't set up a store at, we've just, I've gone there and walked around. The Health and Fitness Expo in <laughs> Melbourne and Sydney is the furthest fucking thing from health and fitness. Yeah. Like you're looking at extremes. Figure modeling for for mine, I don't like it at all. I really can't get my head around it. Bodybuilding on the other side, the other side, 
powerlifting, like, it's not fitness. And you have to say that because there's no weightlifting there, though. There is weightlifting there. <laughs> there is a bit of There's weightlifting there, there now. That Rob was running. Yeah, I've been to the one with Rob, like, pretty good friends. Like, Rob's a good mate of mine. And I went down and hosted with him the last one that he ran. And it was just, like, an intermediate one. But he ran, like, a like an actual sort of invitational one last year that was pretty sick. But um, you're right. But I think there is a paradigm shift occurring. Today, I had a meeting this morning with the head of fitness in New South Wales for Fitness First Clubs yep. about going in and doing him ask him. It's quite a funny story. I was sitting at a coffee shop having breakfast. And so this guy walked past and I saw him kind of double take and then back around in. And I was like, oh, what's this, what's this guy's deal? Yeah. So he came up. He's like, Khan. I was like, yeah. And he's like, you may not remember me, but I sat next to you uh, at this health and fitness expo. We got chatting. I've actually been meaning to get a hold of you. i fitness manager at fitness first and would you be interested in coming in and doing some seminars and some workshops like upskilling our pts on i guess functional fitness training from your perspective and i was like fuck that's a pretty massive kind of for fitness first to be kind of approaching someone that has particularly someone with no you know no interest in fitness first the brand or working at fitness first but Mm. yeah so i sort of thought that was pretty cool um it's good that they're to open that to that sort of yeah, training. Yeah, exactly right. Because they're you know, the majority still, yeah. of the industry as well. Really, well, CrossFit's yeah. the minority of the yeah, industry right. and functional yeah. fitnesses. Yeah. But you're right about that paradigm shift. I mean, you know, you have to look at the, the past couple of health and fitness expos and there's definitely a lot more people just watching and seeing what the CrossFitters do mm. as opposed to, I mean, they still, there were still huge crowds at the bodybuilding and the sculpting and all that sort of stuff. But people are starting to sort of have a look at, you know, what all these uh, tattooed rip people are doing. <laughs> it's good. Me definitely being one of them. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so, so, all right, so let's go into, so you've finished your, uh, finished your studies, your journalism, then you've started competing in CrossFit, I suppose. Yeah. What, um, at what point did you realize, right, I'm going to, I'm going to really take this seriously. Obviously you said your first, your first crack at it, you kind of made regionals, I suppose. After that point, was it like, right, I'm going to upskill my game. I'm going to, I'm going to try and hit it harder now. When I finished 10th that first year, I think looking back on that, if I looked at, you know, I didn't deadlift at all because I had a back injury and I'd been told because that was kind of what you were told at the time by doctors and sports professionals, don't deadlift because that will hurt your back more. So I hadn't deadlifted and that workout came up with 21, 15, 9 heavy deadlifts. So I was already fucked then. And I was like, well, okay, maybe if you deadlift for a bit, you might have been able to go better in that workout. So there's a bit of an improvement there. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how to do muscle ups without a false grip. So I was like, if you can actually learn to do a proper kipping muscle up without a false grip, that's probably going to help you as well. Uh, so there's another event that you could have gone better on and improved your, like, your placing. And I think I kind of saw that there were just so many holes in my game as an athlete um, that I was st- and I was still able to place where I did. That I thought, you know what? If you actually learn the like, refine the skills, if you will, and have yourself that you're a lot more rounded next year. You're already pretty fit. Pardon me again. You're already pretty fit. You're already pretty good at most. What is of that the beer g- drinking? Man? Stone <laughs> wood. Nice little stone wood. Yeah, it's good. Oh, it's that good. Yeah. I don't know if stone and wood. I assume stone and wood's listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's they right. Yeah, well, they are www.stoneandwood.com. Yeah. Yeah. If there is anyone from stone and wood out there, I drink a lot of your beer. And if you would look, like to send me a couple of free cases, I'm not going to turn it down. Stone and wood hashtag stone and wood. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wouldn't it be great? When is beer going to start sponsoring athletes? Probably never. You should sponsor you can be the first, fitness mate. things, shouldn't they? I reckon that'd be good. Because well, you can just go, oh, yeah, we like to relax just as much as we want to play. Exactly right. And at every every single competition that I go to, and I'm not sure if this is just because I'm at those competitions, there's always some sort of after event. Yeah. I wish there is beer consumed. Probably solely because of you, mate. Spearheading that kind of beer consumed. Are you sponsored by um, a games, a gaming company? 
I, it's not a sponsorship. I have an agent and she's fantastic and she has got me a kind of a setup with Ubisoft. And yeah. so Ubisoft, the gaming company, they'll have uh, done a couple of campaigns for them now. And it's not like, I guess, a specific sponsorship. It's more I just do campaigns for them based around them releasing a new game and me coming up with a workout for that game. And That's sick. Then oh, right. they come and shoot, you know, me doing that workout, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I take some photos of me playing the game. It's actually mm. kind of cool because it's like, cool. it's kind of like, um, yeah, like kind of crossing over to the mainstream a little bit as mm. well because that's a lot of people that wouldn't have seen A, CrossFit, two. A and two, or A and B, A and B, preferably. That's all right. We can mix it up. We can mix it up here. We don't discriminate between numbers like that is on this show. I like to keep you guys show for everybody. That's how we do things. But um, what's in that water, mate? Is that stone wood in that water? Let's go. Yeah. All right, let's go back to all right. So you're so you're you're competing at this stage. I love a tangent. I'm so sorry. I get the feeling advanced. that's not the first or the last. No, there's going to be some <laughs> serious tangents. I get the feeling that's not the first. Oh, come on. Anyway, can't. So at that point when you you've started the regionals, what what was your training look like? How many hours a day? And then when you decided if this is leading up to my first regionals or from the first regionals? Yeah. Uh, Leading up to the first regionals, is it just one lot a day, just start, regular? No, I was basically just training as much as I could. I would, uh, it was kind of that period in time where Outlaws programming was seen as the pinnacle of what you were meant to do because apparently you needed to be really, really good at all the Olympic lifts yep. to be able to be good at CrossFit. So I actually devoted a shit ton of time to getting my snatch and my clean and jerk better. And then at regionals, there was neither the snatch nor the clean and jerk, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of, that made up a huge, because I'd never Olympic lifted. I'd never strength trained. At per se when I started CrossFit I'd never done you know like a back squatter twice a week and then snatched and clean and yep. jerked you know I learned those movements I walked into a CrossFit gym and I could kind of just reef 80 kilos off the floor in a snatch and land in this bizarre starfish position which I still kind of end up in when I'm snatching yeah. heavy and I'm going power <laughs> uh, unfortunately but um, yeah I just had this so that was that was a lot of my training and then I just love working out man I just love doing Metcons mm-hmm. and at this point in time I wasn't one of those old beat up haggard old CrossFit guys that would call me an old CrossFit guy now um, <laughs> that has you know creaky knees and elbow tendonitis like tendonitis and has to kind of manage their injuries I was young and I was I was new to the sports I just trained dude I mm. just go there's no reason that I can't go 21, 15, 9 calories on a rower and burpees now. There's no reason that I can't do that. It's not going to leave me beat up. It's not yeah. going to tax me. There's no reason that I can't. And I think these kind of mentalities that I had around training have really shaped the way that I've kind of packaged up what I do, I guess, now, which is the methodology to my, uh, the method behind my training which is effectively what I've packaged up when I when I do my online coaching and when I do the seminars and stuff and why I have this, I guess, uh, replicate, like, you know, this model that can be replicated that I can go and pitch to companies like Fitness First and stuff like that because there is a, there is a system to what I'm doing. But at that point in time, it was just get get, get training in, man. Just train yep. as much as you can. And, and anytime I do classes and stuff and I just basically, if I was in a class, I had to scale up the workout and I had to win. And that was just the mentality that I had. And mm. so that was just this scattergun approach and it paid off as it did. But then after regionals, I kind of started to structure things more and I started to work with a coach, um, Drew Griffith, who's Coach RX, who's mm-hmm. on the Gold Coast. And he's yep. great. I'm still great, good friends with Drew. 
Um, he coaches Tia, so like, yeah, I guess okay. relatively yeah. successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He coaches yeah. Olympians. Yeah, that's some, right. some chick named Tia Claire Toomey, that may be the second fittest woman in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe going to Rio yeah. in yeah. And he's also an Olympian now. Yeah. What a which freak is, oh, athlete, man. So that's cool. insane. You know, Dude, my, it's my, great um, for the sport in general, and it's great for Australian CrossFit too. Mm. One of my mates said the other day uh, in, the, in my weightlifting club said he wasn't happy with the fact that Tia was going to the Games because she's not uh, – weightlifting isn't her number one sport. Mm. And I was like, "Why don't you look at it as in Did how they sucked in?" Yeah, <laughs> that's well, awesome. But uh, what about how? How about what an athlete to be mm, that good and be that, able yeah. to make yourself an that's Olympian right. as well as the CrossFit? To go to the CrossFit Games and a couple of weeks later go and lift at the Olympics. A couple of weeks after last did, year's CrossFit Games, I couldn't lift myself off the did, floor. She did it last year too. She went to the Games, came second, and then two weeks later, sh- or two weeks prior, she went to the. Um, it wasn't the Olympics, obviously, but it was the Pan. Pacifics, is it? Yeah, no, the um, the Austral- whatever the Australasian Games, and she yeah. came second there. I think mm. it was a fucking international weightlifting meet. It's insane. It's a freak, it's freak. athlete, absolute freak. Anyway, freak athlete. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was working. So I was working with Drew, and um, like we just the biggest thing was one we started to do a lot more refining, but we started to systemize how we I guess progressed every facet of fitness. So whether it was my skills, whether it was my strength, whether it was my conditioning, it wasn't just that kind of, you know, I couldn't do a kipping muscle up. So I kind of spent, sorry, I sort of just after regionals, I sort of spent about 12 weeks on my own before I started working with the coach going, I want to bring all these skills up to par until I feel like I'm, I'm sort of a bit more rounded, then I'll go with the coach. And so one of the things was, oh, well, I can do zero, like kipping muscle up. I can do one kipping muscle up with a non-false grip cool I'll do one kipping muscle up every minute for 10 minutes and then the mm-hmm. next week's like okay now I'll do two for as many minutes as I can link them together and then I'll just go back to one yep. and I was like oh, sweet I can do three I can do four I can do five sweet I've got to five five kipping muscle ups every minute for 10 minutes it's like, oh, sweet like my muscle ups are now significantly better mm. and I'm pretty confident that I can do them with without a false grip so let's look at the next skills that I need to do I, start, I did a deadlift program um, the, the boys at the gym actually just did the exact same deadlifting program that I put myself on which was based off there's this I was looking around at different sort of three-day-a-week lifting programs and there's one called the Russian Squat Program. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if I can do this with deadlifts. And I did and I got like epic, epic, epic results from that. Like my ability to deadlift just turned from me not being able to deadlift at all to within, it's like a six-week program. Six weeks later, my deadlift was, you know, pretty, pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, I'd been pulling from the floor with a snatch and the clean and jerk, but I just hadn't devoted time. And then I started working with Drew mm. though and we sort of went into the so, – and he was great, like phenomenal for my, for my training, having some structure and having someone I was accountable to. Um, and then I went and did Schwartz's and I placed quite well at Schwartz's. I think I placed fifth. Uh, again, still with things that they tested a max handstand hold. I'd never tried the hold a handstand I competed before. that Schwartz's actually. Did you? Yeah, because I remember the max handstand hold in two minutes yeah, in the square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could walk yeah. around and I could, I Fuck, could barely man. walk. I thought you said you were a weightlifter. <laughs> yeah, hang on a second. We're starting to backtrack here. Hang on. No, but he also doesn't discriminate between his numbers and his letters. He doesn't discriminate between yeah, crossfit right. and weightlifting. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Jack of all trades. <laughs> yeah. A2. And, um, that's the quote of the episode, I think. Yeah. <laughs> A2. A or two. Yeah. I feel like I've done that so many times. So it's that's that's probably the dumbest thing I've said on the, uh, on, the, on the podcast. That's not a spoonerismant, is it? That's a not a, That's not called a spoonerism, is it? A spoonerismant? No, isn't it like a spoonerism like when you do that? Or no? I, that's the first yeah, time I've I think heard so. the word spoonerism. Oh, really? Yeah. I, oh, man. Let's, uh, well, let's, we'll let's not yeah. do a yeah. tangent about Spoonerism. Sorry. Let's, well, no, no, I'm genuinely intrigued. Yeah. As to what I'm Spoonerism I'm means. Um, you look that up while we get back to Schwartz's. <laughs> but so, yeah, I, I think I placed fifth at that Schwartz's competition. 
But again, there was like a bunch of things that he tested there that I'd never really done before. And I also uh, still do had a massive issue with pacing. I didn't know how to pace workouts. Yep. I would just go out guns blazing Get real excited. and just hold on. And that doesn't work when you're versing people like Rob Forte, who's paced, who's the master of pacing workouts. You'd be like, why was I beating him by so much? And now he's ahead of me. Mm. Um, but it was, a, it was a massive confidence boost to be sitting, you know, up there with the big dogs at that event, you know, beating some of the boys in some of the events as well. Mm-hmm. So then going into regionals 2014, I 100% did not think I was going to make the games. I had no aspirations to make the games. The programming came out. They had a handstand walk for max distance. I sucked on my hands. And I remember thinking, okay, what, people are going to get maybe one length of the thing. Someone that's really good will be able to walk one length. Yep. We were the second week. And I remember watching the first week and looking at the numbers and being like, this doesn't make sense. Like there's got to be, how are they scoring this? That can't be how far they've walked in total. That's like three lengths that people yeah. are doing unbroken. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized that was, I went and watched the workouts. I was like, I'm fucked. Like I'm so <laughs> fucked. I can, I'm not going to make a full That's the one that killed Sam Briggs too. Yeah, that did. Yeah. That's right. And I was, I think I came 30th in that. So, I mean, I, and I PR'd my hand. So I made like a yeah. hundred foot. So I almost made a full length. And um, I think I was sitting 19th after that. And as I said, just no, no part of me thought I was going to go to the games. Drew just sort of said, I'll make sure you win um, the next one. It was that Nasty Girls. And weirdly, because I'm not anymore, so I've had that many knee injuries, I was really good at pistols when I started CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, a pistol workout and pistols and muscle-ups. Obviously, I've been working my muscle-ups heaps. And yeah, I was able to win that and it pushed me up into sixth. And I kind of looked at the rest of the workouts for the weekend and thought, oh, like I'm not too bad at any of this sort of stuff here like you know I could could give this a crack mm. and then yeah I mean overhead squats I suck but they were the final workout um, and I just had to sort of hold like do that mistake free and yeah when I qualified for the games that year I was yeah pretty blown away like I kind of didn't expect it and I loved it like it was awesome it kind of changed my scope a little bit and then all of a sudden um, for better or worse I started to define myself as, as an athlete and that was kind of what I wanted, I guess, to pursue was, was, was an athletic career. And it became, you know, from a pipe dream to a, to a reality that there was this potential for me to do that. And, um, yeah. So, mm. cool, cool. You, I just wanted to ask before, yeah, you mentioned you said you had um, a lot of knee injuries. How is your body managing now? And, like, how do you... How do you take that, I guess, new approach to managing everybody going into this year's Touch wood. This is probably the best my body's been in quite some time. Um, I still have, like you know, knee issues that flare up here and there. I had a tear, like tore my patella tendon last year. Well, not a full tear, but a partial tear. My patella tendon uh, from the games last year. Yep. And that kind of took me until, I wasn't really squatting until sort of mid-January this year. And I was only training, I think, one of the best things that ever happened to me was being so banged up after the games that it really stopped me. I couldn't train as much. And I was sort of only training like three full days a week uh, I guess up until the end of the open. I mean, right through the open and stuff as right. well. I was training full, like three full days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, then I'd swim on a Tuesday with some of the boys from the gym. And I would then maybe do like a Metcon on the Saturday, but I wouldn't, you know, it would depend if I went out Friday night, I wouldn't train Saturday, but I would just train, mm-hmm. train yep. Saturday morning. And um, that kind of more chilled approach to my volume particularly. And, I was so limited in what I could do. Like I was just a lot of assault bike, a lot of rowing and stuff and a lot of skill work. And um, 
yeah, that, that, that period of lower volume did wonders for my body combined with the fact that I work with uh, balance, health and performance, it's just a blatant plug right there. That's what that was. But they're actually fantastic. <laughs> Nick from balance is really, really good. He and I, I've been seeing him twice a week. Uh, seeing him in a professional manner every week he's not going back to that first part of the song <laughs> all the single ladies remember yeah, the song <laughs> yeah so we've been I've, I've been going there twice a week and seeing him and some of the other people there and it's great like it, um, that sort of consistent treatment has uh, combined with the lower volume and just smarter training man I think yep. I've just gotten smarter with you know CrossFit's an evolving sport and my approach to training and my approach to how to train effectively has changed uh to meet the demands of that sport and yeah it's just it just sees my body in a better position now particularly Mm. in the lead up to the games i was pretty broken going into the games last few years it's uh it's funny when we spoke to rob he said that this year or this season he's had probably more days off than he's ever had and he feels like he's in a better place than Mitch, he's Mitch ever been. Cinnamon as well. Yeah, Mitch we, said that as well, didn't we he? We interviewed Mitch Cinnamon who's obviously trained at Schwartz's for yeah. a good portion of his training career and, you know, there's so many people that have spent five or six hours a day training mm. but Mitch, is, he's been in that period and then now he's back to kind of one good two-hour session. He'll break that up sometimes so he'll just squat, he'll do an hour, then he'll do some recovery Something stuff and, and then yeah. he'll do another hour and Loves he's getting recovery stuff yeah. and he just sauna his and flotation he just qualified to the games for the first time so yeah. what does it look like now for you then after years of experience after how old are you now 26 26 so couple of extra years in the body obviously um, I'm 30 I know it actually changes like 22 I could do anything 17 yeah. I used to play 3 or 4 fo- games of footy school footy in a week oh be, yeah it's crazy you play 3 or 4 games of footy in a day yeah no shit it wouldn't, it wouldn't affect you at all and then now it's totally different. I'm 30. It's different. I know how the body changes. Man, so how for you does it does it how does it look now, volume wise? Um, I mean, I, I just I just honestly just go by feel like I work with Justin, who I know you guys interviewed as well. Kotlin, he sends me programming, which I stick to. I don't know. I guess I say maybe like 60 percent. Yep. 50, 60 percent. But then I'll also just go by feel. If I have if uh, Monday this week I trained like three times, did like seven workouts, and just felt awesome all yep. day. So I did that. Today I feel like shit. Like I told you guys when I came in, I just finished up a workout. I squatted terribly. I did five rounds of a seven round workout, like interval workout, and didn't feel that great. I'll, I'll gauge it if I feel decent this afternoon. I might do another Metcon, but it will be just like 10 minutes of Metcon, movements that aren't going to hurt me, mm-hmm. movements that aren't going to tax my central nervous system and my joints. And it's just that kind of intuitive training now as well um, becomes so important to being able to, I guess, yeah, stay functional. And that's that's the biggest difference now is I – yeah, training, that sort of intuitive training, I guess, more than anything else. So when you say stay functional, obviously like rehab and looking after your body is a pretty big part of it as well, especially when you are right at the top of CrossFit, for example, because it's so hard on your body, so much volume. So what do you do for um, keeping your body supple, keeping your uh, keeping your your ability to back it up in the gym? What do you do? What are your practices that you so like to get up to? So I'm blessed and cursed with hypermobility through a lot of my joints. Mm-hmm. Um that I mean, it's great for some things. It's great for the fact that if you, you – know, I could roll out of bed first thing in the morning barefoot and hop down to the bottom of a pistol, but yep. it's also terrible and I can do the splits. Not really. <laughs> Pretty close <laughs> to it. Um, but it's also – Side or front? Pardon? Side or front? Side. The yeah, practical good. way. The good way. The only, <laughs> the way. way. the only way. The only way that counts. That's right. Um, 
but I can also, but then it also means that I like control at the end range in most range in most movements. Mm-hmm. So for me, if you watch when I do really heavy jerks or cleans or snatches and stuff, I often look quite wobbly. Yep. Uh, which is because those joints, you know, for me, if I'm overhead and my arm is slightly in front of my head, I don't really get a stretch sensation until it's kind of almost completely turned around full exorcist style at the yeah. back there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I'm kind of, you know, I've gotten a lot better at working on those stability type things and that kind of causes, a, puts a lot of stress on the joints. So I don't necessarily do a, a, a huge amount of, I guess, like your typical mobility because a lot of that is almost counterproductive for me. Yeah. Um, I've taken to, I do do a fair bit of static stretching now. Um, my buddy Matt uh, Healy, he started static stretching and was telling me how good it felt. And so I've just started a lot more static stretching in the areas that I'm not super mobile through. Um, but then do a lot of sort of act, the more activation, stabilization and stuff like that. But then, oh man, just, I relax. Like okay. I just, mm. I think for me, the biggest thing that I need to work on recovery wise is my mind. It's like getting that to sort of chill out and stop. And it's something that I'd like have like full clinical issues with, but I'm able to kind of like, I've taken particularly the last few months, just, just getting out of the gym not putting pressure on myself when it comes to training, doing training intuitively rather than what I have to do on a piece of paper. Absolutely. Doing what feels good rather than what like, um, you know, oh fuck, my leg, you know, my legs are still getting back to where they used to be because I didn't squat from August through to January. Uh, But instead of being stressed about that and consistently starting these hectic squat programs that three days in would leave my knees banged up. I'm just like, well, if you can't squat that good at the games, guess what? You're not going to do that great in the squat events. Like if you get a little bit better at squatting between now and the games, the other guy's already great at squatting. You, you might go, instead of coming 20th in that event, you might come 15th or 18th. You know, you'll make six different points. However, if your knees are non-functioning for the entire weekend, then all of a sudden there's events that you could potentially do really well at that you're going to lose yeah, points at. Definitely. For sure. And if your brain's fried through a six-month oh, period of training and you put too much minutes. pressure on yourself, if you're, you're useless frustra- to anyone. It's just frustrating. You know? It is frustrating. Like for, there was a period of time, like we were saying, I guess we stopped at kind of 2014. 2015 came around, regionals. And I was just in such a shitty place mentally because you know, I had this... I had a fucked back end of the, the year 2014. I had a bunch of shit going on in my personal life. And then a bunch of shit at the start of 2015 as well. And like I was in like a legitimately terrible place mentally, like a terrible, terrible place. You can ask anyone that I'm close to. I almost pulled out of regionals 2015, the week mm. of, because I had such hectic shit going on in my personal life that I was, and because I had all this, pr- a lot of, not all of it, but then some of it was added to, by this pressure that I'd put on myself that, you know, you made the CrossFit Games last year, you must make the CrossFit Games again this year. If you don't make the CrossFit Games this year, well, You're what the fuck, like, how, like, what do you do? Yep. And, um, yeah, I was just in such a, such a bad way. And I think even off the back of the Games, like the frustration that went with not being able to train properly and stuff like that and just all the shit you go through and you kind of learn about yourself when you're not able to do you know, to do what a, what I think uh, 2015, it wasn't something that I loved anymore. It was, I saw it as a chore, mm. you know, this beautiful thing that had been this, this outlet for me. And this is this kind of positive thing, uh, on my sort of mental, I guess, mental health was, was now a source of frustration and a source of a, a difficulty because I wasn't enjoying it. And, you know, it became, especially off the back of the games and stuff being injured, it became like, 
I couldn't this thing that used to be a positive outlet became a negative and therefore like what else have you got to do so I was just partying and like yep. drinking and shit and that was kind of my only like that was my outlet yep. and when training used to be used to be when your training outlet. used to, to be, be and now I'm at this point in time where I'm incredibly lucky that I'm injury f- I'm training I'm able to train the full spectrum for the first time in as long as I can remember mm-hmm. like I can squat when I want to squat I can pull from the floor when I want to pull I can go overhead like I can my whole body is working yep. to the extent that I'm able to train I can get center program and I can do it I don't have to be like oh you know, my knees are too banged up I can't squat consistently and you know my body's in a good place and it's so nice and I'm enjoying training so much. I kind of set myself that goal after regionals, particularly this year. Uh, I remember this year, like sitting in sixth after day two, I never found myself outside the top qualifying position going into day three. Every, the last two years I'd qualified. Yep. Particularly last year, me and Rob were so far ahead that it was kind of, I got to take my foot off the pedal, mm-hmm. the accelerator to an extent on the final day. Um, which was which was lovely, but at the same time, so I found myself in this position. I was like, "Well, you can't take it for granted anymore. Like the fact that you're going to the games is a, is is a, is a gift and a privilege, and it's something that should be enjoyed. Particularly the training for it. I mean, I get to do cool shit. I get to go and like paddle a board or go for mm, a run through sure. the bush yeah. and like just you to come in out. and hang out with your mates and yeah. put some fun do music that. on. So you you obviously you see it on your Instagram and your social medias. People are drawn to you, I think, because you have fun w- with what you're doing. Well, that's you don't the take yourself too seriously. Out in the post, you, you don't take yourselves too seriously, you know, and that's what that's like me walking into the gym. It's my happy place, hundred mm. percent. And I, I used to have a football club. Now I have a weightlifting club, and it's. But like you say, when there's times that I've been through as well with football, with weightlifting, with whatever. When it becomes a chore, and then you're like, "Well, where the fuck's my happy place now?" Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. And Definitely. I do like, I like that. You talked about it when you did your intro thing. That Beyonce single ladies video exists for the pure like this. I didn't create that video to put on Instagram. I didn't go. I'm going to do a dance, then I'm going to lift that bar. This that is going to go me viral. Rolling the camera, filming a lift, and I'd been dancing around the gym anyway, and I just danced on over, lifted the bar, and then danced off. Like that's just how. Yeah. We would train. And the thing was, when I say that training was a negative, it wasn't always. There were sessions like that that were just awesome and things felt good and I was having fun. But then as soon as anything kind of went wrong and the frustration of having these ongoing injuries took place, that's when I would just start to beat myself up mentally as well. And it just became a negative. So that, like Absolutely. right now, man, it's just awesome. I'm loving training. I have absolutely no expectation on how I'm going to go at the games. I, you know, I don't um, like I have no desire. I'm not going to win the CrossFit game. I'll tell you that right now. I'll probably never win it because I don't have that pressing desire mm. to win it. I just want to enjoy the opportunity that I have to represent myself, my gym, my country, uh, and all the, the uh, my fans and followers, I guess, if you will, uh, like on the world stage doing something I love and the opportunity that I get, the opportunities they get off the back of that to then – you know, to, to, to go over and above, like it's, it's, it's fucking exercise at the yeah, end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like yeah. it's, it's fucking fast exercise. exercise. It's fast it's exercise. Really fast. <laughs> sometimes it's quick. I'm yeah, it's quick sometimes stuff. it's really quick slow though as well. Sometimes it's really slow and tedious. There's yeah. like people running on a treadmill for eight minutes is not that enjoyable. <laughs> um, That's the thing though, you know, um, you said it really well just then. I mean, the best people in the world are the best people in the world because they're fucking obsessed about it. Yeah. And, irrespective of whether they enjoy the process or not, it doesn't matter. They yeah. have to win. I mean, I'm just reading Michael Jordan's book at the moment and he was a dickhead for a lot of it because he just had to win and there was just no other side to it. I really wanted to touch on 
the point you were talking about about finding that mental relaxation and all that sort of stuff. Are there it's any exactly sort of exactly what I was about to? You just can't jump into well. that one. I'm going to jump in there first. No, go go. No, are there 100%. any? Sort of, you can both jump into me. We'll jump in the same. Yeah, this right, is yeah. really starting. We're not seeing each other. We're not seeing each other. Everybody, uh, pants are all still on. Um, yeah, I wanted to, to hit home about some of the things you you may do. I mean, Bill and I are um, super into meditating and all that sort of stuff. Do you do you meditate? Do you do mindfulness? Do you do you do you have a specific thing that works for you to to, to relax to switch off? So, I I don't, I've tried meditation and I've tried mindfulness. Um, I'm somatically diagnosed with bipolar and severe severe anxiety. So for me to switch off, it's kind of if I try to sit there and meditate, so I've like, my anxiety is so severe and like my par- partners that I've had in the stuff in the past and like family will tell you, if I'm trying to go, to, there's times where I won't get to sleep until like seven in the morning. I just don't sleep. And the more I try to relax, the less relaxed I get. So I really have to do things to stimulate myself, but in a pretty simple way to switch off. And that's for me, like quite, quite a, I'm still figuring out how to do that like there are times and there's awesome moments where I can really chill out but med- meditation and mindfulness I wish I could sit here and go yeah like it's beautiful mm. and, you know I've tried it I've tried fucking I've tried apps I've tried mm. every sort of thing under the sun and it it doesn't work like I don't switch off like mm. I, I, it, the more I try to meditate and clear my mind the more my mind just goes well, we're not doing anything right now. The more frustrated, <laughs> the more frustrated I'm you fuck get. You up. Yeah, and then yeah. like everything just goes to shit. I think wow. some so of the best things that I've found is like I like conversation is just something so simple, like having a conversation with someone where you just get so immersed in that person, you know. And it can be, you know, when you get when I talk about getting immersed into a per like anything where you become completely immersed in a moment. And for me, there is a beautiful there is a beautiful thing that happens before I compete and I can't, I've tr- sometimes it happens in the gym, but very rarely. And it's that kind of point in time before, um, like when you're in the start mat in a competition and they say athletes stand by from when they say athletes stand by to go, you are completely and totally invested in nothing but what's about to present. happen. Yep. You're yeah. present, totally present. So irrespect and, and it's a task at hand. It's not, you're not invested in trying to relax. You're invested in a task that you have to take part in immediately following them saying go. So when that that point in time is one of the beautiful things, you know, and I get, you know, you know, I love, you know, there's been definitely uh, destructive ways that I've sort of sought out trying to, to switch things off in my head, you know, be that, you know, alcohol or partying or even like, you know, chicks. Like there's there's been destructive means of doing that. But yeah, I guess I'm still trying to figure out. I do, I love listening to, I've sort of recently started listening to podcasts, reading, and I still write. I mean, if you scroll through the notes section of my phone, there is just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things that I've just written because sometimes when my head's going so fast, I'll just stream of consciousness, put it onto paper. Mm, And that actually sometimes really helps calm me down and it gives me something to focus. So if anything, that would be, I guess that's probably the main one, but yeah, and it's super unique to, to you as well. Yeah, I mean, awesome. if you read some of the stuff, you'd probably go, fuck, someone needs to put this bloke in a bin, like a loony <laughs> bin. But some of it's actually quite you but know, that's, beautiful but, and poetic as well. But that's yep. part of the... See, it's myself and Tommy have both 
struggled with anxiety as well. Yeah. Tommy, Tommy has, um, he, he can explain it, he has totally different anxiety. Me, me it's social anxiety. I feel like uh, I'm going to say something stupid in the room. Yeah. Um, somebody's bigger and more boisterous than me. I go into my shell and I start thinking things over the... Tommy's is different things like death and stuff. Yeah, but, probably but, more probably more like irrational fears yeah. um, that have just engulfed me a lot. And, um, you know, things where it's like I kind of felt, when I, when I was going through the worst of it, it was kind of like, Ooh, I, I don't feel like I can open up about this to anyone because it's so, so silly. bizarre. Like, why would but, I have a fear about, like, eternal suffering after so death that, and ghosts? And that is such a, such a kind of prevalent... That's a huge thing that I've really shifted what I want to do with, I guess, the platform that I've been given through being an athlete. And when I said before um, we sort of stopped, it's just exercise and there's more to that, I'm realizing now that the thing that this, this has given me isn't a mechanism, you know, going to the games isn't a means for me of winning the CrossFit Games. It's a means for me being able to like reach out and speak to people about things like mm. mental health, mm. particularly in guys. We're like, you just nailed it. You don't want to talk about that because you see it as being somehow emasculating. Mm. And yet all of a sudden you've got these guys competing in this really sort of hyper-masculine sport. They go, no, it's actually okay to be fucking not okay. Fragile. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know what? The, what I was meaning to touch on with, with um, before um, we got on a little tangent again is with, with your um, journaling or whatever you're putting your notes in, it's like when you go and speak to someone about this fears that you have inside your head and you verbalize it or you write it down and you look mm. at it and you go, fuck, that is silly. Yeah. You know, you being able to read it and see it in words and or speak it to somebody else and actually you, it puts it into perspective and you go, why the fuck am I really thinking like that? And it can kind yeah. of alleviate the pressure a little bit. But it almost and removes you. For me, I feel like sometimes it, it, it can be as simple as a lot of my particular, my anxiety is kind of twofold. It's like that sort of social and, and people sort of have this perception that I'm this really outgoing. You have the exact same perception as me. People all the same thing. People are like, oh my God, you never would have thought I'm like, yeah, yeah but you don't yeah. know inside fucking my head. And, like, and often people will come across and go like, you're actually quite rude and quite arrogant. And I'm like, I'm not, I just, I feel uncomfortable. I, I might do this know, because I'm, I might know I said, someone. Can't, I've listened to, I've just cut you off. I had that same thing happen to me. I've been called arrogant plenty of times once. We because spoke about this on the we show. We spoke about this on the podcast because I didn't wave to somebody on the yeah. other side of the road when I was little. And it, what was going through my head is, oh, I wonder if they're going to wave. I wonder if they can see me. Yes, oh, they didn't see me. Fucking hell. I used to avoid going to like shopping centers and stuff where I knew I might see people I kind of know. Yeah. Because then I'd be in that awkward situation yeah, where I was like, oh, do I, do I make conversation with this person? But my conversation, what if it's weird? Like, what if the conversation is weird and they think I'm weird? So I would like purposefully remove myself 100%. from that. Or I would like go, Fuck. like I've had people say before, I like go to a friend's gym or something like that and maybe like not introduce like not go and introduce myself or go and say hello and stuff to people that I may have met once or twice before but what they don't want to say is like I'm super duper shy like yeah, that yeah. and always have been and it's this kind of like yeah people's per perception is you know people create these perceptions and then once those perceptions exist as well and you're aware of these perceptions people have of you fuck that just it makes resonates it worse, around it? and around oh, and around. you're like fuck now am I even more weird because yeah. I'm not speaking to them and now I'm awkwardly making conversations yeah, yeah, right. myself not seem arrogant yeah, it's fuck. It's this vicious cycle. But oh, it's this sure. thing that, like, we're all sitting here talking about the same thing, and it's something that I'm so passionate about because there are probably hundreds of people listening to this going, "Fuck, I feel like that as well," but have never even opened their mouths about it because mm -hmm. they think it sounds so illogical and stupid. We we idolize these figures of mas of traditional masculinity 
that ha- exude this confidence and they've got everything going for them and all their ducks are in a row and they're so self-confident, like self-assured. So we, 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 we look at still images or, or, yeah, or, well, or 48 minutes of play or two hours of... We see that of those people as yeah. well. Yeah, you exactly know, it's the right. Same, it's the same fucking problem. You don't see inside of their head and what, what they've and been... And you, 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 I guess you make up what they, what you perceive them to be and it's completely clearly mm. uh, not not true. And uh, mate, like I'm completely guilty of it as well and have been. I mean, I've, I, I do pride myself on trying to be as open as possible as I can through social media. But there's also, I mean, when you look at when I first started using social media, you know, I said before, I have like a, a background in the comms industry and I understand marketing and journalism, but there is an element of this is advertising effectively yeah, a brand, which absolutely. is me. So yep. yeah, you're going to give them a glimpse behind the glass, but at the same time, it's still such a kind of small scope, this kind of tiny little piece of a person that people are seeing and basing these wild assumptions and perceptions off and yeah, I think that, you know, it can be a very dangerous world to get caught up in. And it's something that now might like, you know, hugely what I want to do moving forward as, as, as I guess, not an athlete so much as, as someone that has a platform with Fitness an audience mm. yeah. is, is to talk about that because it's so important and it is so much bigger than exercise. Yeah. And that's a huge realization that I've made through my own journey with mental health and and it's an ongoing journey. It's not something that I would necessarily say is completely, you know, I would yeah, necessarily won. say I'm like fucking good. Yeah. Like mm. I'm all good to go. I mean, only a week ago I was so run down because I, was get, I wasn't getting to bed until like seven in the morning and asked the chick that I'm seeing at the moment, like I, I have physical, like my anxiety attack can be so bad that I'll physically fit in bed, like laying there and I can't, like it can be so, so, so bad that I just don't sleep for, for hours and hours and hours and hours. It's fucked, man. Yeah. And, it's- and so it's definitely not better, but you know, it's, it's that openness and acceptance of it and, and how you deal with it is such a pivotal part of the recovery process. And it's the part that most people even don't even start on that journey and they just accept it. And you know, that's why you look at, fuck, there's staggering statistics out there. You know, the rate of mental, the incidence of mental health issues documented in women, uh, like double that of men, yet men are three times, three to one, killing themselves yeah. to chicks. Now, why do you think my that grandpa, is? My grandfather killed himself. Yeah. His father before him killed himself. My, I have family members that I won't name that are very, 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 but the good thing is, the good thing is, it's much more sp- but it's much more highly spoken about in this day and age than it was. I had, I took my grandma. Still to, isn't there yet. No, it's but not. It needs it's to not. Be. It is yeah. getting there. It's it's not, getting I, there yeah. I had lunch with my I stayed down in Mornington the other day, um, outside of the city of Melbourne, basically, and I crashed at my nan. Had a party going on or whatever, and the next day I took her out to lunch, caught up with my nan and stuff. And Your that's nan my, had a party going on. That's my nan. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my nan. That, Raging. That's cool. my that's my nan <laughs> that my that lost my grandpa from to killing himself. Yes. And I had a really good chat with her, and she says because my grandpa was the same. He was like captain of his uh, of school footy he, he didn't get to play um, any sport as a as an adult because his father took him and made him work from 14 years old but he was captain of the footy team captain of the cricket team he looked like um, Anthony Kudafetti he's like mm. he's an AFL oh, footy like yeah. a Greek god like really gotcha. jacked brown skin most gregarious outgoing dude you ever meet but my grandmother said that it was two sides like everybody it was like his his persona out in the out in the open and then he would come home and he would switch off and he would be a fucking shell of himself absolutely and the problem was that she said that he was medicated from 35 till he took his own life and then 
But the thing was, she said he couldn't ever speak about it to his mates mm. because it would be, oh, like that you say, time as well. Like, it would have just been completely. And that particularly time, when yeah. you've got this persona, and this is the issue as well, if you have this persona that's kind of this, like you said, this, this, these, these ideals that society puts out there that are the ideal man and you're exuding them and you're being praised for them and all of a sudden you start to define yourself by these qualities that society kind of give to you and say, hey, you've got this, you are that then all of a sudden that becomes even more more difficult to talk about it. And even things like, you know, that outgoing gregarious sort of personality becomes this mask that you get really good at wearing when you're in front of people because that's what people respond yeah, to. Because, that's what they know. expect. And then that just that, that, beats yeah. you up even more because all of a sudden now you're living this lie to the masses that you have to kind of keep up. Fuck, and that's going to eat you up and eat you up and eat you up and eat you up. Yeah. And then it just gets worse. But I, medication as well. I mean, the meds that I've been on. So I started... I have had mental health issues for as long as I can remember now. And like, we now know that it's um, been, well, it's been diagnosed bipolar and severe anxiety. So with the, I was diagnosed with bipolar three days before regionals last year. That's the reason I was going to pull out. I was like, this is fucked. I was going to told I have to go on medication. Wow. And so I started that medication cycle, which I, I'm not on anything at the moment because it was just stuff fucks you up, man. Yeah. yeah. Like yep. it was, I would take this stuff and I would just, it was just a walking zombie. I'd feel yeah. like, I couldn't keep my eyes open. I always pull over my car once driving home from there. I came into the gym and I couldn't stay awake. And my business partner every time I was like, you just need to go home. Like, you're fucked. So I left and I had to pull over and I was living in Glebe and this gym here is in, so it's like a less than 10 minute drive. I had to pull over on the way home because I could, could not keep my eyes open. And that was a point in time where I was like, there's something, this is not, like this isn't helping. This is yeah. just making it worse because now I can't fucking function. So this is, and then, but that's the thing, like you kind of medication is seen as well. You go on the meds because that's a way to deal with it because society hasn't quite accepted, you know, a group of guys sitting down in a room and just being like, oh yeah, you know, like if someone's got, you know, heaven forbid that I compare this to anything terrible, but if someone's got a broken arm and their arm hurts and you wouldn't say to that person, hey man, can you carry this huge box of uh, whatever, this box of bricks for me? Um, Definitely. You just wouldn't even do it. And if they wanted to sit down, like, fuck, my arm is so sore. You'd be like, dude, I wouldn't be carrying a fucking you box have a, of bricks yeah, for anyone. A broken arm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, that yeah. sucks. Like, you it's, gotta... it's, 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 you have that injury. Yeah. Yep. And it's not seen like that anymore. Like, I even have a very close friend of mine that I was like talking to at one point in time. And, we, and like, I was just talking about stuff. And he said, you know, I was like, I, and he still is a very close friend of mine. I just understand his perception. He said, I don't believe that mental health is a real thing. I think it's all in your head. I think that it's something that you, you know, can be diagnosed with, but I think you can just get over it. And I was like, fuck, like how rough is that when this yeah. is one of my yeah. like, really close friends is point blank telling me that they think that the shit that's going on inside my head doesn't actually exist. Yeah. It's just my own doing. The whole thing is just like- And I was like, like, holy fuck, man. Like that's, that's still the prevailing sort of sentiment for the majority of guys out it's there. It's just me. Oh, you're depressed, are <laughs> you? Have a beer, mate. You'll yeah, be fine. You'll yeah. be fine. Have a laugh. Come on. Yeah, come, have a come, laugh. Come, I, mean, come I, don't, I don't think it's that bad. And and like this guy, like- It's you know, definitely getting but better, it's, but it's, it's still- It's still so far from where it could be, where it's mm. just kind of accepted that it's the same as if, you know- You've got someone that's, you know, a diabetic and needs to take insulin. That doesn't change them as a person. They just have to do that. If you've got someone that has a mental health issue and they might need a little bit of them time or they might have a few quirks that they've got to kind of deal with and that sort of thing, then, but that's just normal. And it's something that you can be open and speak about. And that's where I think that society really needs to have that huge cultural shift because without it, like we're just going to keep going two steps forward, one step back. And I guess it's like, this is a very general thing to say, but I will say it anyway. I guess it's like, Every every person's like Bill just said before. Every per like man, all of our anxieties are obviously very different to each other. 
But um, it's that have, having that understanding that anxiety is still anxiety. If you're freaking out about something, you're you're in the same boat as me. You're in the same yeah, boat as you. Exactly you know, right. it's just like, what do we do? What's the next moving? What's the next step forward? Definitely. Interesting. All right. Now so- that was a tangent. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So how was your training going anyway? <laughs> but anyway, so all that said, now training is becoming yeah, an right. enjoyable thing for me again, which is brilliant because it means I'm not going out and sinking piss like a madman all the time and you know, whatever, chasing skirt, like I'm just, I'm, I'm happy training. Which are all still That's good, good, here, good parts of a, of a I still do go life. out. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I still do go out and sink piss like a man yeah. from time to time. More than that. I have a party this weekend. I had a party last week. It was great. But yeah. at the same time now, it's, yeah, it's less of a, it's less of a means of escape, uh, which is a very dangerous way to be viewing things mm. like binge drinking and partying. Yeah, uh, for when sure. That's kind of your way of switching off. You know, that becomes yeah, yeah, it's a healthy, it's it's a healthy, it's a healthy part of is used as an escape and whatever that is, it can be beer, it can be exercise, it can be be de- detrimental. Should we do some GBS? Let's do it, mate. Alrighty. So Oh, these are those these are those one. segments, mate. <laughs> so something good, something bad, and then something sciencey. What do we what did I write for the good? Oh, here we go. Okay. The cabs. Are you a, are you an NBA man? <laughs> Mate, to be completely honest with you, I'm not. Okay. There's very few sports that I watch. Uh, to be completely fair, I love the rugby yep. and I watch the surfing and that's probably about it. Well, that's okay because uh, I haven't really written a whole lot here. <laughs> I just brought the caps up. <laughs> um, I'll, uh, I'll flick it over. This is, a, this is a fucking bizarre tangent, but I really want to hit the nail on the head on this one. So I'll give you some uh, sim facts and then I'll ask my question. The Cavs were the first team to rally from a 3-1 to one deficit to win the NBA Finals. That is true, Doc. Yeah, 100%. Good. Both Kyrie Irving and LeBron James join an esteemed group of becoming the third and fourth players to win a final at their originally drafted club out of 33 past players. That is correct. I assume so, mate. <laughs> That's good. If you've done the Pretty record. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> correct. Now, my question is, you know how those fuckers call themselves world champions? Yeah. Why is that? Well, it's because... Because let's be honest, they're arrogant Americans. any other basketball team <laughs> it's true. They look, beat them. look, theoretically, they're world champions. Theoretically. But you also, you're also missing the point that America is the world to Americans. That's true. That's very like, true, yeah. It's America and then a bunch of other stuff floating around in the American Ocean. <laughs> yeah. To all our American listeners, we, uh, we uh, don't, <laughs> no, don't agree America. with that at all. I spend, most I, of the time, I, uh, I spend a great deal of time in America and I do love America. I'm we love you guys. We love you. Australian humour. Can't you get shot as soon as he gets to America. I'm going to get off the plane and there's just going to be people standing there. I have enough issues getting through customs with a name Khan and an Arabic tattoo on my neck. Now, where are you from, sir? Australia. You've been from Pakistan, aren't you? What about um, Pakistan? Yeah. What about my mate? One of my mates. Uh, one of my mates asked me once, Khan, where I was from in Australia, mm. and and um, no, it started with um, started with me asking him where, where he was from in the states. He was from Maine, which yep. is like upstate New York. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Pretty Close much to Canada, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Fuck I can pretty God. much point the the rough region of the states where Maine is. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've never been there, but and. Um, and he asked me, he, he came back to me, he's like, and where are you from, Bill? Whereabouts where where in Australia are you from? I said, oh, I'm from, uh, from Melbourne, actually. And he goes, Melbourne? Is that like Sydney? Is <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. kind of just not as good? Yes, it is. <laughs> hey, hang on a sec there, mate. <laughs> what the I thought fuck? that one was going to slide through. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, we'll give it to you. <laughs> All right. The bad. Texan woman <clears throat> speaks like Mary Poppins after operation to fix her overbite. Born and bred Texan Lisa Alabama. Oh, I've definitely got that name, wrong. Mate? Born and bred Texan yeah, Lisa Alabama. This sounds like Alabama. a made-up story that you're <laughs> yeah, trying to tell right. us now to sound Mary cool. Poppins. <laughs> um, okay, so apparently this, uh, this chick, six months ago, was a mum of three. She underwent surgery to correct an overbite. And when she woke up from anesthesia, 
the Texan draw was gone and it was replaced with a British accent. It's well, pretty strange. Bullshit straight away. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that didn't happen. Well, here we she go. just likes Mary Poppins. Yeah, and now just it, loves it. Yeah. Oh, hello. The operation left the 33-year-old Rosenberg native suffering a rare neurological disorder. Medics say has affected less than 100 people worldwide in the last 100 years. She said, "Quote unquote, people don't people who don't know me. They're like, hey, hang on, <clears throat> I'll get the accent right." People who don't know me, they're like, well, hey, she doesn't speak like that where are now. you from? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> People who don't know me, they're like, where are you from? Lisa said, oh, just a spoonful of sugar. So my question to you guys was, if uh, you could have anyone's voice in the world, who would it be and why? Now, Morgan. mine's Morgan Freeman. Oh, fuck you. I was just going to say that. Can you do a Morgan Freeman impersonation? That's a good voice. I, there's nothing great Morgan Freeman impersonation. Like, Look at that couch over there. I wish I could say that the Monopoly man thought the good fight. <laughs> the sisters <laughs> left him alone. Sounds a little less black. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's the thing. If Sounds like he's got a, like a cold of some sort. No, do you know what? Here's why. I would have like... Uh, John Legends so I could oh, just yeah. serenade chicks <laughs> with my I mean can you imagine that if you just walked oh. into a room and you could sing like John Legend I was like oh you're like kind of cute what do you want to do like, in the you wouldn't even have to buy you would never buy another drink in your life yeah, that's so true. you I could sing that Mary had a little lamb yeah. if you sounded like John Legend and that girl is going home with you yeah. I reckon I'd take a nice Jamaican accent you know the dude, you know from like oh, cool, cool Runnings? You know, what? You know like, right, well, we'll what about, you. you know the scene in Cool Runnings where they, they, they stack and then the, the guy, I don't know which um, character, what his character name was, but when he goes, hey, Sanka, you're dead, man. You know that guy? <laughs> I'll be that guy. That's good. I'll be that guy. But you kind of already were that guy. I was going to say, you, you just put that voice on. The coolest just talk like that. from no, Mary Poppins lady yeah, was man, able I, to do I can, it. I can talk like that. What you can do is go in for a like you know, break your arm on purpose, go in and get your surgery on your arm and just come like, this Weird disease yeah, yeah. happened to this right. woman. And can you I do don't the, know what's going on. Can you, on, can you do, the, do, can you do the Jamaican for me? No, I talk like this. Can you fix my arm and do the Jamaican? <laughs> hey, you know all about the Europe. All right. Final one. The science. China unveils the fastest supercomputer in the world. So, the crown for the fastest supercomputer remains in China with Sunway Tahihu Light. I believe that's a regional dialect. Taking the top spot from Tahini to... The new system is able to do almost three times more operations per second. So, uh, so this got me thinking. There are a fair few people out there that uh, that aren't in relationships and uh, obviously have to uh, look towards other means to uh, to satisfy themselves. Um, with a supercomputer like this, I'm just wondering whether or not it could prove to be a little less helpful in the long run. If you get what I'm alluding to, Bill. They're going to look up tons of porn with a really fast computer. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. Or a I good think thing. the computer. I mean, let's I be honest here. We're all in love with the computer. Guys <laughs> sitting yeah. in a room like that's right. You can I'm watch now. porn now, <laughs> yeah, and it's right. at a reasonable speed. Mate, like, I'll, I'll, watch no porn, I'll watch porn at fucking three three pixels. Yeah, I'll watch. All, I remember <laughs> the very first. Ooh, you know what? That beige color. I remember that. This is a funny. This is a great segue. I know a great little tangent. I remember at high school, like the first one of all of our mates that got a color picture phone. Yeah, and there was this one website that you could look at like phone porn on on, on like these old fucking. I don't even know what phone it was, and we used to take turns borrowing this fucking oh. phone. <laughs> <laughs> I got the phone for the next yeah. couple of nights. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, mom, dad, what the 
<laughs> no, but it was that good and it was this pixelated, <laughs> like wasn't even <laughs> moving. I'm double working. Like, oh, you got that phone again this week. That's so good. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, I remember that back in the day. You fuck, you 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 made it work. Yeah. So that was. So I don't think it matters at all. I don't think this is going to change. If you're already watching a shit ton of porn, you're already going to watch a shit ton of porn. I was about to go to a segue of um, what was your first experience like uh, masturbating, but I think we should fucking try. Cool. Yeah, I mean, try, look, we're trying to get back on topics on this conversation. Yeah. I'm a very open person. We're not going to speak about that. Yeah, that's right. I'm open, but I'm not physically that open. Yeah, let's um, let's get back on track. Uh, sounds that's good. That's it, eh? That's it for the good, the bad, that the science. That is the GBS, my friend. Enjoy. Yeah, it's good. Excellent. Interesting. Interesting. Variants. Uh, what variants? Cross me all about variants. So, Karen, so how do you make? Um, how do you make a living as as a CrossFit athlete? And a lot of the guys, and you can you can use examples of friends of yours, guys that are treating it like a a, a professional athlete. You know, how do you make ends meet? It's it's a very it's a lot of work. The workload is very large, taking up a, a large portion of your time. You know. How do you make ends meet? You've got the gym. You've got sponsors. I actually masturbate to pixelated <laughs> porn while creepy gentlemen watch me. And you me. actually get paid for Yeah, they pay me. Creepy gentlemen pay me to put it out. God, it's 4 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, no, I actually... So I think we kind of alluded to this earlier on. I have an online coaching program, which um, is where I make some of my income from. Um, they, I work with people all over the world. It's awesome. Programming is probably the part of CrossFit. And I mean, just functional fitness in general that I love the most. It is, it's like putting together a piece of a puzzle. And I was sort of saying in my own training, I feel like I've found this kind of formula that works. There's like three things that you can train and you can always sort of work one or the other. And it's kind of a hierarchy of how I would train those three things. You know, it starts with skill acquisition and blah, 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 blah. And this whole kind of, yeah, systemized approach that I've developed, which is now like replicable through programming for other people. And like, I love that. I love doing that. And I guess that's where like doing things like um, seminars and stuff when I talk about that in the future is something that I'm going to hopefully do. But so that makes some money. Um, I'm also, you know, very lucky that I do have a, a good following on social media. I have an agent. Um, she's phenomenal. She actually works predominantly. She doesn't work with any other CrossFitters, put it that way. She works predominantly in like mainstream media and stuff like that. And I do like work with brands, do campaigns and stuff. I shot a campaign for Microsoft uh, recently for they've got these like activewear bands and stuff like that. So I don't I don't really know what you would call that, but that's kind of where most of my money yep. comes from. Like, and whether it's stuff that I share or I just shoot a campaign for them. So for for instance, Far Cry the game, I shot that campaign for Ubisoft. Uh, it was worth a decent chunk of money, and it involved you know shooting and like an thing for them, and they put it in X magazine, Y magazine. They did it in you know. Um, uh, newspapers and stuff like that um yeah so that's kind of i guess those two sort of different avenues are my main sources of income but that said and i think i put up a post with the microsoft thing i'm actually very because i do understand that there is such a huge degree of bullshit out there in social media i won't work with brands in in a purely kind of promotional sense that I don't genuinely use. You guys can see I have my PlayStation right yeah. there and my games. Yeah. I Front play PlayStation. Yeah, my band's just there, the Microsoft one. And I've been using that like for pretty much 90% of my workouts that are just endurance based. Um, you know, I'm pretty, I don't, you know, I've had plenty of companies approach me. I like one that wanted me to, you know, post about using like drinking this shit tea mm. or, or 
I don't know if it's shit's probably good, but yeah. I don't drink tea. I'm not going to drink this fucking tea that makes me do whatever and help me burn fat mm. and whatever like that. Fuck, like that's not me yeah. at all. Like you, don't, you don't screw your followers over yeah, by right. promoting yeah. stuff that you, you don't actually use yourself. And if yourself. I did, I'd say like, you know, this is a, you know, and I'm pretty, it's pretty, fuck, people aren't idiots. I mean, I, nothing shits me more than when you look at someone on social media and they're blatantly plugging something and treating their followers like idiots. Like, ah, oh, as if you don't know that I'm being paid to do this and I probably don't actually fucking give a yeah. shit about whatever. Um, but yeah, that, and then I just, odd think like things just pop up here and there, like seminars, workshops. I might, um, you know, go and do a talk somewhere. Fuck, I, I went and did a talk at the Australian Defence Force Academy, uh, a few weeks ago out there, like had a, one of the squadrons down there had a, had a, uh, this formal dining thing. And right. that was an experience. Like, I'd never yeah. eaten so properly in my life. I had to be yeah. like instructed on how I was meant to eat and all these things. Yeah. I'm just sitting oh fuck. <laughs> but, I mean, that was cool. Like you see the plaques just there. Like that was cool. I got to stand up and it was actually mostly talking about things like, you know, the mental health and raising awareness and stuff like that. Um, but Did you get a diff- taste of what it was like in the Australian Defence Force? If it's spoken about much mental health? Or- yes and no. I think that that's why they had me down there. So it's obviously something they're trying to raise more awareness of. But it was a really interesting experience. These guys were these guys and girls were at the academy. They're sort of 18, 19 year old kids that and you could just kind of look around the room and you could see them kind of all smirking to each other and stuff like that. And you can just see that particularly with that age group, you know, they don't have that life experience. They've probably never mm. experienced that close to home that much yet. You know, it's something that generally manifests itself in the early kind of twenty early to mid twenties, particularly in men. And yeah, like it is, it's this hyper-masculine sort of culture. But the the residing sentiment at the end of it was that people did appreciate that conversation being talked about, particularly their older members and the members of staff. I think it's definitely something that's being, I mean, they wouldn't have had me there if it wasn't something. And I I know the guy that they'd had that morning was an Olympian, um, an openly gay Olympian. And so they're doing things to try and raise awareness of that as well. Like I'm also a huge ambassador well i guess like campaigner for equality of you know like marriage equality and equal rights and getting rid of the stigma around like homophobia and stuff like that i think fuck there's nothing shit like i think homophobia is one of the stupidest concepts morgan for morgan freeman your man said it perfectly there's no such thing as homophobia you're just an asshole yeah i'm fucking afraid of two people that are genuinely in love if they are two men or two women it's such a fucking don't you think um purely because it's not the majority. Yeah, one of these, these things are becoming more openly accepted in, in these bigger, obviously, you know, as I said, like hyper-masculine mm. sort of institutions. One yep. of my mates knocked it on the head really well the other day. Um, one of my best mates, uh, Matt Roy, he said that we were talking about um, gay marriage and the obviously the fact that fucking Australia's leaders are fucking still opposed to it to some degree. Yeah. And he said... Roisy said to me, he goes, don't you think this is one of those stages in life where in 25 years' time, you're going to look back or 30 years' time, whatever, oh, and you're going to go, what the fuck was everybody 100%, 100%. thinking? It's the exact same 25 as 25 like, years ago, you could sell a black dude to another dude to work on your farm. Yeah, no shit. And That's, how the fuck is that even yeah, 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 exact, justifiable yeah. it's now? Exact, it's the exact it's the same. same. Thing, isn't it? It's, We're anyway. having this talk on a slightly different tangent about technology today. But I mean, things progress so fast. He was just saying how Siri today is like a piece of shit. In 25 years, 25, <laughs> I'm just so excited. Yeah. 25 years, Siri's going to be like, hey, do you want me to cook scrambled eggs for you? And, you know, all this sort of thing. Well, how funny are you? I listen, I'm a huge fan of Joe Rogan's. I actually just listened to his podcast with... Um, Sam Harris. Boom. Yeah, and they were talking... Sick, about, wasn't it? Sam Harris's was good. But I was listening to one... Oh, fuck, who was he talking to? I actually got his book. I just bought a book of the guy. Um, Is this about the AI? 
the yeah, when he's talking about that. Uh, so it was the book is called Sex oh. at Dawn with Christopher Ryan. Christopher Ryan is the man. Oh, bro, and he's you should sick. hear them talking about like these AI sex robots yeah. and stuff. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. This well, book is fascinating. Though. I mean, I. I've got that on my. Um, and this, is, <laughs> this is a great book that kind I've of talks about my modern sexuality. Ready to, ready to go. Yes. Yeah, I wonder if twenty-five awesome. years time we'll be talking about. Well, we'll you'll be asking Siri to come in wearing that favourite set of uh, bra and undies that she's got. Siri, put the job of the hut costume on, please. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be up with this. I love it, I love it, I love it. live out all these weird and no, sort of no, awkward fantasies where you come in. Siri, put the job of the hut Virtual reality is going to be the weirdest one. Yeah. Virtual reality is nearly here. Virtual reality, Brazzers is already working on virtual reality porn. Is going back to porn. When we're going back to porn and we're going back to We've got our high-speed internet. We've got Brazzers virtual reality. We've hit one, two, and three. Shut the front gate. You have just won so many more listeners this podcast yeah. then it's like fuck yes yeah. tell us more we've won, we've won all our demographic yeah. we were talking about this the other day we need but to work out our demographic it's yeah, us just, yeah, well right. you've just niched yourself perfectly yeah, fat guys sitting at their computer yeah. sweating with these creepy grins alright so 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 finances this is what we were talking about yes. so for, for, for CrossFitters um, people out there in the fitness industry trying to survive when they're training so much and so forth what advice do you have because you do it pretty well what advice do you have to um Make a brand of yourself. I think don't force it. It's like be. The more, one of the big things that I learned before I even started, people respond to authenticity mm-hmm. because no, we don't go on social media to be advertised to. If you are your authentic self and you show people things, you know, very, I mean, there's posts that I put up there where I talk about, you know, not having a good day and stuff like that. I talk about being passionate about things. I talk about feeling like shit. The more real you can be as a person, the more people are going to relate to you and the more you the more you can say like give to people of yourself the easier it's going to be for you to become i guess a brand the other thing is like i don't think i necessarily set out to become a brand mm. i just figured that if i was going to broadcast myself to the world through social media which is what we all do mm-hmm. to an extent oh yeah make sure you're saying something of value like give if, if, if what you're saying has no value then why the fuck does anyone want to listen to it like if you can't give value in what you've got to tell to people and whether that value is something as simple as someone who might have a smile and a laugh because you're there in your speedos and carrying on like a pork chop or whether that person can sit there and go like I've put up posts before about things to do with mental health or like nothing good and some of the messages and this is by far the most rewarding part of being an athlete. Some of the things that people have then shared with me, like private message me and stuff like that beforehand, has genuinely brought me to tears mm. because there are people going through shit mm. all over the world, just like you, just like me, just like anyone else. And we have this incredible vehicle to communicate with those people. And when you use your social, like things like that, to have those conversations and communicate with people, in an authentic and genuine way that's designed to add value to their lives in whatever way, then people will respond to that. You know, if all you do is they're going, come into my gym and I'll give you two PT sessions for the price of one on something like that. You're just going to look like people get over that pretty quick yeah, smart and people start sure. to switch off. They're not engaged. Definitely. Definitely. For sure. So what about, um, what about, What's next for you, Khan? Like, uh, you've obviously, you're building this brand that you, you, we spoke before how you want to be able to, um, you want to be able to program for people. You want to build your online programming up so that you can travel a little more. Like, what, what have you got left in CrossFit in, uh, in... Is this your last year? I said at the start of the year, I was going through a bit of a, a, a particularly 
bit of a lull, I guess mentally and physically. I was banged up still nursing these injuries and just felt like I was never going to get back to where I was. And, you know, I was just sick of trying. I, mm. I, and like, as I said, I was, I was just over training. And um, I guess now that I'm enjoying training again, I'm just going to train. That's just how I'm going to train from now on. If the open rolls round and I do the open and I come sixth and I can go to regionals and I've had a blast in the lead up to it and I haven't changed that enjoyment factor, fuck, I may as well go. Mm. Like if, if I can, but then it's going to be going there to have a blast at regionals, not being like, okay, I have to go and I have to make the CrossFit Games and I come sixth. If I come sixth by one point, just miss out on going. Well, cool. I've had 12 awesome 12 months of training when I feel like training, mm. doing what I feel like doing, traveling as much as I can, you know, getting my, like, you know, putting my finger in the pie of these different business ventures and stuff like that, talking to people, meeting people, expanding my horizons as, an, as a human being. And if, if through all of that I'm still able to compete, then of course I'll still compete. I Definitely. love it. It's it's like I said, it's a it's a privilege to be out there, um, getting to do something, you know, getting to represent your country and yourself on the global scale. And mm. you know, like I have no, but I just guess my my shift in focus is from a like yeah purely mental perspective. I'm not gonna base my next twelve months around trying to compete. Yeah, my next twelve like. months is not gonna be based around trying to compete at the yes. CrossFit Games. Yep. Put it that way. If I if I go back to the CrossFit Games, happy days. Yeah, you know, I'm still gonna train hard. I love it. You know, there's mm-hmm. like I said, there's days where if I feel good, I'll train four times that day, and I'll feel and I'll have an awesome day, and then afterwards I'll feel great. Mm. But there's other times where if I don't feel great, I'm not gonna be like, oh fuck, can't you've got to go and. Going to the gym, going through it, your knees are hurting, but you've got to do squats because you have to have strong legs or you're fucked. Like, you know. Do you know that just made me um, think of something? I'm reading a book about um, mindfulness right now. And one of the biggest things they, uh, it's actually Bill's book that I've just taken. (laughs) And um, one of the biggest things they talk about is just habit releasing. Mm. So we're all in these sort of subconscious habits that we don't even know we do. And the biggest thing that I've found by, by just, I sort of got into it a couple of years ago, but little things like, you know, I may sit over there on a chair and, you know, just saying, oh, I'm just going to sit on this side. And it just helps with, so I, I used to have that big thing as well. It's like, oh, fuck, I, you know, I didn't train exactly the way the program's written today. I'm like freaking out now and I didn't hit that number or whatever. But all these things now, it's just sort of helping with like, oh, who cares? It doesn't matter. I yeah. feel so much better for it. I'm yeah, nothing's, nothing's ever the end of the world. No, yeah. it's never the end of the world. And just doing those little habit releases, uh, yeah. That's a pretty, it's a pretty kind of like, Again, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, his recent one with Russell Brand. And I mean, I'm a huge fan of both Joe and Russell. Mm. So it's awesome. Um, and they were talking about like, that this is big stint on happiness and how happiness is basically like, you know, doing what makes you happy is intrinsic to you. And it, it comes from doing like that habit at least. If you go, oh, I don't want to do this because it makes me feel unhappy. It makes me feel like shitty. Like, then don't do it. Mm. However... Like that's all well and good, but then there are times there. Are, and then the thing is as well, and I talk about this in my seminars, half of it is kind of on mindset and stuff. There's always going to be situations in life that arise that make you feel uncomfortable and unhappy, but you just have to kind of accept that. And I think there's so much that goes into being a top level CrossFit athlete that means you have to accept that. If you can't walk into the gym and think about like the shittest you've ever felt after a workout if you can't walk into the gym and make yourself feel that way every now and again on your own of your own volition and just be like completely at peace with that then like you're never gonna make it that's right that's what separates the good from the great i wouldn't i don't think i'm necessarily the most athletically gifted guy in in crossfit in, in, in any sport but particularly in crossfit there are so many athletes out there i think that are on paper better athletes than me 
But I have such, I am at so like such a, so at peace with being uncomfortable because of all the different issues I've had mentally yep. that have put me in these like constant states of discomfort for great periods of time, physical and and just purely mental and emotional. That sometimes it's actually kind of just nice when you just feel so shitty doing a workout. Mm. That's all you're really thinking about. Like I'm in so much pain right now. I'm so out of breath. I'm just going to keep going though. There's this kind of blissful, almost Zen-like quality to that feeling of just complete chaos physically (laughs) that if you, that if you can make peace with that and furthermore put yourself in that situation, I'm not saying do it every day because it sucks, but just be, be able to do that. Like that's, that's a huge thing as well that goes for, you know, like going training and I'll continue to do that because like I said, sometimes that's just nice. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of, um, I think, um, CrossFit, um, number one, but sport in a, in a general sense is a great application. Like you said to that for life, because it, you know, life will give you that shit all the time. It's kind of mm. like, oh fuck, I've just got to, just got to cop this and I'm yeah. going to become a better person for it. So Does weightlifting give you that, Bill? Uh, yeah, I mean, I actually had the similar, similar experience where obviously you don't go through long periods of grinding pain when you're a weightlifter, but I had, um, I had an example last week, or I think I had a three week period where I just really was struggling mentally, didn't want to step foot through the door yep. when I was in the gym, couldn't be fucked with my next set. So on and so forth. And my mate, Dan, came up to me and he's like, hey, man, how you going? He's one of my real close mates in the gym. And I said, I don't want to be here, man. I don't want to be here. And he was like, good. And I went, yeah, it's good. I'm yeah. here. Yeah. It's mm. cool. And I, you know, I got the sessions done and I got the sessions done. And then I didn't miss a, a training session, which was cool. I was in there. I was doing the work. If I wanted to rest, then I really would have. But I got through it. And then I came and trained on Monday. And it was like a fucking a ton of bricks had been lifted off me. My body felt great. I was moving perfectly. I was, and I was like, wow, this is, you know, it just, it just, I think if you push through that pain, you know, you'll always get to the good stuff. 100%. And yeah. I mean, yeah, it's all part of it. You've, you've got to go through the shit to get to the good. But um, so, Khan, do you have that kind of same mindset with, with your training? And are you flexible with your diet and stuff? How do you work that? I mean, oh, yeah. you take it pretty seriously. Like, what nah. do you eat? No, nah, man, I just kind of eat what I want to eh? Like, I've, it's improved to an extent. Like, I, yeah, I think the less limitations I place on myself, the more I gravitate towards eating better anyway yeah. because I just feel better. Like mm. if I'm there and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to eat any grain and I'm not going to eat any sugar and I'm not going to eat any this, 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 and this. I go like two days and I'm like, this is fucked. I'm just going to go eat burgers and shit. But if yeah. I'm like, okay, tonight I feel like a pizza, I will go and have that. And, and I, don't, I, mean, I don't even have that thought process anymore because yeah. I'm so yeah, sure. with my diet. Yeah. If I want to eat whatever I want to eat, right? I mean, I'll have a beer and then go and do a session this afternoon. That's fine. I'll go, you know, I just, yeah, I just eat what I want. And I think that therefore, because I have that flexible and chilled approach, I make decent choices anyway when it yeah. comes to food. I'm sure you eat pretty well by and large anyway, I would say, with, without having to think about too much. I mean, you can't, tell me if I'm wrong, but you can't train at a real high level without eating a good amount of protein, a good amount of carbs, and a yeah. good amount of fat. You know I, what I, I mean? Definitely, like as a, I definitely indulge probably more than your average CrossFitter. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll drink, you know, I can, drink I can see that, mate. multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drink, drink a beer. Just for everyone at home, Carl's got his 17th beer right now. <laughs> <laughs> and holding it together He's well. holding it very well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I drink that. We've got corn chips over there that I'll probably snack on all afternoon. Um, I fucking love 
Mission Corn Chips. There's another brand that does not sponsor me in any way, shape, Hashtag or form. Hashtag really Mission Corn should, Chips. Really should get around me. Yeah. Them and Stone and Wood. Come on, guys. Yeah, right. I don't even know if Mission exists in Australia. If it's an Australian company. I know Stone and Wood is, so I know you're listening. Come on, Stone and Wood. But yeah, help I, us help you. Yeah, exactly right. It just all help me get drunk. Yeah. Um, either or. But I love... Yeah, I just I love food and I love I, you know I've uh, effectively lived this kind of bachelor lifestyle for a few years now where I basically eat out every meal. I don't really like cooking, so I know that my dinner every night is going to be at a restaurant or a cafe or something like or a takeaway. Fuck, uh, that's sick. That's sick. Yeah. I wish I had the cash to do that. Yeah, hundred percent, I'd do it every day, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, well, you start to learn to make better choices. I'm actually in a very. This is kind of the first time in my life. I mean since maybe like last year it kind of started start of last year I've actually had money to do like I don't have to you know the games has been a big expense like this year's games uh, has been a decent expense but by and large throughout the majority of the year I actually am able to just go and like eat where I want to eat and stuff mm. like that and it's actually a really lovely lovely change in um you know going from scraping by on 500 bucks a week and you know, eating tuna and rice multiple times a day a week but yeah, like I, yeah, also what I had for dinner last night, I went and had uh, Greek food for dinner last night. Oh, so, you know, like Do you want to give a shout out to uh, the restaurant? <laughs> oh, they're actually a good restaurant free, as well. Free meal next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hashtag Greek food. Hashtag Greek food. You're going to get something in the mail, I reckon. You're going to get, you've hashtagged enough stuff. But it's like, oh, fuck, I better. Here we go. Stone and Wood's my main one. We'll just keep on about them. Stone and Wood. But yeah, no, I don't know. Like I think, and I like the ritual of going to, to these little rituals and stuff like that as well, a nice little checkouts for me like uh the ritual of going to a cafe for breakfast and having breakfast and having a coffee and i'm sitting down and i'm with like centered in like one piece like i'm not running around all over the place and that kind of little ritual and that like that's where it all started was just i'd go out for breakfast every day and then i was like all right well i'm I'm not cooking dinner because i was getting home late um so these little rituals that we build and whether it's like even now if i go out to dinner like with with the chick and my chick and like it's just like we even spoke about that we went to dinner the other night and she was like saying, oh, you know, um, I was something about, you know, eating at home or, you know, what, oh, like when they, she, like, I don't know how the conversation came up. But so it's actually kind of nice. We go out to dinner every night because I don't cook because it forces us to sit at a table and, and converse, like have a conversation, Absolutely. actually get to know people. Like Rather that. than sit in front of the television. Yeah. Like on, your, on your own couch. Dumb down. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, those little rituals. The other one is going to the movies. I go to the movies like, once if not twice a week yeah. I fucking On love the own. movies man it's that good what have oh. you seen lately that's good you seen yeah, The Conjuring 2 yeah seen The Conjuring 2 I thought it was good yeah. I, it was obviously like I didn't think it was like gut-wrenchingly scary, scary but I love scary movies so I went and saw that with a few friends and I saw that The Hunt for the Wilder People that was oh, yeah. brilliant yeah, brilliant that's film good. Um, what else have I seen recently you seen Dory no I haven't seen Dory I, oh, saw, I, uh, I saw booked in this week with my missus. She's been <laughs> bugging the shit out of me. I haven't gone yet. Um, we're not I actually booked in, but it's going to be shitter than Nemo. Yeah, someone's Nemo was fucking that. good, but I've it's heard like it's shit. Yeah, I've heard it's real. It's shit. It's like with the Toy Stories and stuff, or like Anchorman and fuck yeah. whatever. If the first is a ten out of ten, then even if the second's like a six, you're gonna fucking enjoy it. Oh yeah, I was like Anchorman yeah. two for me. I'm like that movie was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it wasn't that funny. Yeah, but it was fucking good to see the boys on screen. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. true. Yeah. Like catching up Just with old mates. Back you know? in, yeah, bricks back in action. I was like, oh yeah. yeah. Entourage is a good example. Entourage. Oh, that you know, movie a fucking good example sucked. of a sequel that's like way better than the original is The Godfather. You guys, I the wouldn't Godfather? say way better. Oh mate, uh, it's a fucking it's good, good movie. But the, fir- I was the first, the first movie is pretty much. 
top best three movies of all time. Of all time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The first, number two is I sick, though. I haven't even seen it, so. The flashbacks, yeah. The flashbacks in number two, that's what make it. Yeah, that's right. With, the, with Robert Downey, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert De Niro. Robert There's De Niro. a few movies Robert like Downey that, Jr. dressed as Robert De Niro. They're between where the sequel's better than the first. Yeah. Usually it's like ones with heaps of CGI where the technology gets better and you're like, oh, it looks realer now. This is sick. Tell you what I went to the other day, which was rad was the Jurassic Park exhibition in uh, Melbourne oh, Museum. I heard it was terrible. No, it's One sick. of my good mates, Ricky went down there. He fucking loves Jurassic Park. Yeah. I, I could read you the text. He I was fucking, so pissed. I was all over it. It was about, the only problem was it was like- Where was it? Three, Melbourne Museum, like oh. the Museum of Melbourne, whatever it's called. Oh, right, okay. There was like three rooms about the size of this room here, which had the actual dinosaurs. And there was like three dinosaurs. Yeah. So I was kind of like, oh, I can't wait to see what's next. And then you're out and it's finished. Was the music So that there? was a major bummer. But fuck, That's man. That's what I think he was all about was it yeah. was just very small. But it yeah. was sick. Like my missus, you know, when you go in and you're like in a museum and they have whatever the exhibition is, and they have a little, um, a little stand that'll have the write up about something. They'll have mm. something on the wall, whatever. Mm. My missus is kind of dragging me through these rooms at a good pace, at a reasonable pace, and I'm just, I'm staying. <laughs> I haven't finished reading. Yeah. I've got a few lines to go. Like I took it all in. Yeah. Did, was, was the music on? Oh, that would have been so good. Three, two, one, go. 21, That makes the experience. That music is unbelievable. Oh, no, it was, um, it was, it was pretty sick. But um, anyway, so you got any riddles for us, Tommy? Or anything, oh, anything good today? I reckon I've got a riddle. <laughs> I reckon I've got a riddle. Uh, what have I got? Here we go. Oh yeah, shit, shit. It. Oh, okay, this is this is hard. <laughs> See how you go. Mary's father has five daughters. Nana, Nene, Nini, Nono, and what is the fifth daughter's name? What are the what are the first four? Okay, so Mary's father has five daughters. Nana, Nini, Nini, Nono, and what is the fifth name? Mary. Nana, Nini, <laughs> Mary. <What? laughs> yeah, now, I'm less concerned about that. I just want to know what those names were again. Nana, Nini, Nini. No, no. This is obviously a made-up story as well. Can I just say no? <laughs> yeah. oh, hashtag <laughs> Nini. Hashtag Nini. Uh, Nini and Nona looking to sponsor Sponsored by, sponsored by yeah, that's right. All right. <laughs> right. Um, well, I should have some other Yeah, that was here. a very simple riddle. Shock, wasn't it? All right. Oh, this is one that's dumped to you. See if it, are you a riddle man at all, Carl? I love riddles, but I'm not great at them. Okay. My best mate, shout out to my best mate, yeah. he <laughs> now lives in New York. Hashtag best mate. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Byron Craft. Um, he, one time... Fuck, we were at shopping centre together because that's what best mates do. And he like fucking ran off. I went in the bathroom and he disappeared and just kept telling me riddles to try and find him. And I get like these periods of time. He'd tell me this riddle and I'd be like, fuck, where is he? And I'd try and find him and I couldn't find Oh, it was that good. But then... And all yeah, up being, work at four. Can you stop? <laughs> well, it ended up being like he was sitting in his car for like the last four riddles. And he's like, I just wanted to fuck with you. Yeah. Different yeah. So I'm not good at riddles. All right, well, I like them. all right. Who makes it has no need of it? Who buys it has no use for it? Who uses it can neither see nor feel it? What is it? Oh, so I kind of need to see this in front of my face. To yeah, look it's Because you All said right. that and I don't remember. Have a read of this one. So, who makes it has no need of it? Who buys it has no use for it? Who uses it can neither see nor feel it? What is it? Did I, I read this one out recently, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, did yeah. Did you get it? Uh, no, I don't think I did. Yeah. It's bloody And tough. I don't actually remember what it is. Should we... No, so I got fucking no idea. Yeah, it's a coffin. How <laughs> ah, good? That's right. How good? Ah, that is good. See, I would go like, see, for me, I'm going like deep spiritual, like yeah. something like virtue. But <laughs> everyone always goes, God, <laughs> who buys it, has no need of it. You're right though. <laughs> um, I think I'm all done with the riddles. Should we, um, should we hit six for six up? Yeah, I think we should. So, Carl, we normally, uh, we normally finish up with six questions, three from me, three from Tommy. Mine are um, pretty travel related. And uh, feel free to go off on any tangents because I, I know you said you're a very 
very uh, passionate man about traveling, as am I, as is Tommy. So um, my first question, which is pretty pretty broad, so your favorite destination you've ever been, it can be a small town, can be a city, can be a country, can be anywhere. I, lo- I love New York City. I'd say New York's kind of like my home away from home. Both my coach is based over there. And my best mate, the one we just talked about, shout out again to the best mate, uh, <laughs> lives over there now. So I've spent like a lot of time there. I've I really loved New York. So like, I just really love the city. Yep. Um, but also I've been through South uh, Central America and I really enjoyed that mm. as well. But I, I guess New York. I'm a huge fan of New York City. Where's your, uh, I've been through Central and South America a couple of times. Where's your, where have you been in South uh, Central America? Sorry, where's in your... Parts of Mexico, then Guatemala and Belize. Sick. Did you get to Key Corker in Belize? Yep. How good is that joint? So good. We actually got to Key Corker in Belize. It was the strangest happening. So we went to Isla Mujeres in Mexico. Yeah. And uh, sick little island. And this is like my third day backpacking. And I just was drunk playing pool with a couple of guys and ended up being a German guy and a German girl. And um, this crazy Canadian dude came up to us and asked if we wanted to sail with him to Belize the next day. That's we were drunk. fucking great. Yeah, we are drunk as fuck. We are like, yeah, man, yeah. we'll go with you. Yeah. This sounds like a great adventure. Anyway... Sounds like they started like some sort of Mexican version of the beach where you like met this German yeah. couple. Well, this and is then, nearly like, what happened, man. This is nearly what happened. So, so anyway, so the guy rocks up the next day and uh, I was in my hammock. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? He looks really familiar. <laughs> anyway, long story short, he's come up. Hey, you guys still want to sail with us today? I'm like, fuck. Anyway, t- the other two were in, whatever. We sailed from Mexico to Belize and during the sailing trip, there's about fucking 10 stories that I'm telling in one story right now, but <laughs> have I told this on the podcast before? Uh, no, not on the podcast before. You told me that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so what happened was I ended up taking the reins of this, uh, of this catamaran and sailing through the Caribbean Sea for fucking like 12 hours through a storm. Got it from two knots an hour to uh, 18 knots an hour. Nearly had to bring the mast down, like bombing along the Caribbean Sea. And when we got to Key Corker, we landed, uh, we, we, we docked and we got off the boat and we were going to meet um, Guy in the sports bar for a beer in like a couple hours time. We got off the wharf, we got, we got our Lonely Planet open, we're trying to find somewhere to stay and this, there's an American guy at the end of the wharf and he goes, um, he basically said, hey guys, um, you want to buy all your food and water tonight for the next couple of days because all the shops are going to be closed. Mm. And I looked at him and I said, what the fuck are you talking about, man? He goes, you don't know? Hurricane, Catri- oh, Hurricane. Hurricane Matthews coming yeah. up the Caribbean coast. So we had to batten down the hatches in. There was no one there in Key Corker. <laughs> so we bought, what we did was we bought, um, first things first, we bought about five bottles of rum. Second thing, we bought <laughs> a few bags of Coke. And then we locked ourselves in, a hostel, <laughs> in our hostel room. We found three other travelers. So there were six of us. And we had like a three-day lock-in party <laughs> while this fucking torrential storm thundered down. And all we did was just sung arm in arm like Red yeah, Hot Chili yeah. Peppers for hours on end. And it was the... When you woke up, there were dinosaurs. It was rad. This is my dream come true. Yeah, so Key Cork is sick. But so my next travel question is your favorite... Sorry, your dream destination. So it can be anywhere again. I've never been to Europe. So Europe, I... Really, really, really want to go, and it's hard with the travel schedule that CrossFit kind of, you know, my like this huge chunk of my year every year goes to being in the states, which yep. is which I and I love the states as I said, but yeah, I really want to get to Europe. Really want to get to Europe. Anywhere in particular? All of it. Yeah. Oh man, like Spain. It's yeah, too. I, all yeah. of it, man. Like cool. seriously, I'd, I want to do like all the like those kind of that like, textbook. I want to go and see the Eiffel Tower and be in France and like, Paris and Spain. Paris is lame, then I also want to do like Paris Scandinavia and then I want yeah. to do just like um, Iceland. Like Spain's Eastern worth that. Europe as well. Spain, 100%. Yeah, I've Prague's heard sick. such sick thing about Spain. Yeah. And I think they're just like, it would be my type of city to visit. Yeah, 100%. Um, 
So next question is, if you were stuck on a desert island, you've got three things to keep you sane. So you've got food and water and a toothbrush and all that shit. Well, so isn't this exactly what you see? It was rum, coke, yeah. and, <laughs> and some other travel. We know what he yeah, likes. That's, yeah. right. that's right. Happy days. Well, it's not a bad time on an island, let's be honest. <laughs> well, that can be your answer if you like. No, it's okay. I think I'll go uh, something to pen my thoughts. Yep. So whether that's like, I wish, I hope it's not pen and paper, something to type my thoughts out on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but doesn't have to be functioning in any other way, shape, or form. Yep. Uh, a member of the opposite sex. <laughs> and Human? pardon? Human or well, preferably. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, depends how long I'll I'm trying to the island for. Yeah, but <laughs> no. Uh, and ooh, something to take pictures with. I really like taking photos. Mm. Yeah, something cool. to take pictures with. Something to ride on and a chick. Cool. Easy. That's a good combo. Alrighty. Uh, did you have a role model growing up? Have a role model growing up? Yeah. To be completely cliche, my dad probably. Like I idolized my dad in a lot of ways. He was just, you know, when you're a kid and you just think your dad's just the best at everything. Mm. Like he played all these sports and all this sort of stuff and he just had this really kind of positive and, uh, you know, deep. My parents, I'm very blessed that both my parents are very creative people and very kind of like, like, loved me and my brothers a lot and were very open with that and very we had a very kind of like you you were encouraged to speak about your feelings and all this sort of stuff and so I think that having it's shaped me to an huge extent today is having like my father who I did see as this kind of like you know figure of masculinity was also like in touch you know we, we were brought up to if, if, if for your birth for birthdays and stuff like that it was just as good to write mum and dad a poem or something like that, that as it was to buy them a present so we mm. had this kind of had this beautiful relationship with both my parents I guess you can pull both my parents my role models and this beautiful relationship with both my parents that's really I think uh, you know particularly through some of the difficult times that I've been through mentally and stuff like that has really given me beautiful perspective on the world and um just yeah like a beautiful kind of outlook on a lot of different things and, and just incredibly caring and compassionate people that yeah I, I aspire to if I can be as good a parent to my kids as they were to me I think I'll have done you know a brilliant job in life so excellent over and yeah it sounds cliche but yeah I guess both my parents well it's not cliche mm-hmm. we get I reckon one in three yeah people. probably more so probably, probably more so probably more so that's probably because number, we so. interview Successful, good people, yeah, you know, right. with, with a good head on their shoulders, and Absolutely. that's normally coming from normally comes from the top, you know. Yeah, so definitely. completely. Um, okay, uh, favorite thing to do when you got some downtime? What do you like to do? It's going to be the same again. Yeah, it's going to be cocaine, rum, yeah, yeah. rum, cocaine, yeah. and chicks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that doesn't include the three yeah. aforementioned. <laughs> <laughs> Your fourth favorite thing to do. I don't do it as much anymore. I do like to write when I when I feel good. I like to read. As so, I said, there's sort of three things I've been trying to add back into my daily ritual um, to, I guess, keep that mental enrichment going. And that's reading, listening to podcasts, and writing. And it can be something as simple as like a haiku, or like sometimes it's honestly, I'll just be driving. I have this like beautiful phrase will come into my head, and I'm like, fuck, I have to write that down because that's a really cool. And it can be to do with nothing. It can be to do with like. Um, someone oh fuck like some of them are just so abstract where it can be like you know often there's a kind of prevailing sort of sensual nature to a lot of these things um and that can just be this beautiful phrase that describes some sort of incredible sensual encounter um and i just have to write it down and that's you know something that i kind of love to do in my spare time but also i don't know like i love 
uh, I love just chill like movies I guess it'd be yep. like something really kind of basic yeah chill, for sure definitely I love going to the movies excellent alrighty and the final one is if you can invite three people to dinner dead or alive who would they be and why and your family's already there family's already there all your close people are already oh, there I was gonna say can I cause like there's like one of my mates that I kind of thought about this question yeah. it's like I'll get like two really like fuck like the president and someone or like there and then I get one of my buddies particularly to just be like there and just listen to what he had to ask them yeah, yeah. that's a really hard question it is tough. I think like you could go down the path of um you could go down the very you know, invite three supermodels and just have a beautiful dinner to observe but oh fuck like uh, that would be a good dinner that would be a good dinner let's not lie but at the same time a dinner filled with cocaine and rum <laughs> yes, and that's all that's served on plates as well hashtag <laughs> rum and cocaine what are we doing with our lives let's get three supermodels on the blower to rub some coke and then play the Jurassic Park movie a great afternoon ahead I feel like you could hook that up we couldn't hook that up I feel like all we talked about is cocaine and Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park and an interesting combo let's imagine if the entire film Jurassic Park the guys were wired as on cocaine yeah. that would make the movie oh. and, and, and would imagine be if terrible. the guys were all naked women supermodels yeah. oh. <laughs> this is the greatest film of all time yeah. you don't have to find far to find you don't have to look far in the eastern suburbs particularly to find supermodels and cocaine yeah. in the same place in Sydney oh. but three people living or dead I went down a couple of different avenues. There's people that I would love that are alive to sit down and have a conversation. I love Joe Rogan, Russell Brand, especially after just listening to that podcast. They'd be great to have to dinner. And then, you know, maybe someone like uh, even Sam Harris or like Graham Hancock. Hancock, who's been I'm reading Graham Boom. Hancock's. I'm reading oh, Super, Supernatural. You've dropped the, the name. Phenomenal. That's like my goal it? after the games is find somewhere where I can go and do an ayahuasca journey. Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm, am I allowed I'm, to say that on national? Absolutely. I'm, radio, I'm yeah, going into this year. Oh, you've got it. Fuck. Yeah, that's awesome. Sick, in the bag. I'm only just, I'm only just getting into it. I have to take a photo and say this to my mate Ricky. He'll I be I think we speak about Graham Hancock every episode, don't we? So to every all the listeners that can't see what we're actually doing here, I've just pulled out a book called Supernatural, which is by Graham Hancock, and it's all about the... The, the state of consciousness and how it arose mm. in mankind and stuff. I can't really go too far into it because I'm only up give, to like... Give the brief description. Well, ba- basically, all, I've, all I'm up to at the moment is um, studying the very, very ancient cave paintings, mm. the first art that men came up with. And that was like 14,000, 15,000 years ago in, uh, in Europe, places of Europe and Africa. So that's basically where I'm up to at the moment, but, you know. So yeah, like his, his unconventional theory is basically that, hu- that the consciousness in humans came from eating... Psychedelic shrooms, yeah. Cra- you know, for I mean, have you properties. heard him talk about like oh, yeah, religion? Oh man. yeah, man, oh, Tommy, you're addicted to him. Man. We are addicted it's to him. Mental. Yeah. Who yeah. needs porn when you have Graham Hancock? Yeah, this is, this is you I know, fuck he's... hookers, blow and rum, yeah. literally off. Yeah. And let's just get around Graham Hancock. I think he's here. your number one guest, and mine's, my number one guest is Randall Carlson. Have you listened to the Randall Carlson and Graham Hancock? Joe, Joe oh, started to. I haven't gone all the way through that one. It's honestly one of just Graham Hancock. It is. I've ever listened to. Fucking amazing. Randall Carlson above Graham Hancock for me. I would probably invite if it was when those three, but I don't think they would be my three. It'd be like Louis Thoreau. He's also interesting. Yeah, Louis Thoreau's sick. However, I think I'm going to go down the path of going like, I'm going to get the president of the United States. They have to to answer all your questions, right? President of the United States. That guy would know some shit. Fuck yeah. I want to pick his mind. I agree. Jesus Christ. Because yep. apparently he was like a legitimate figure. Yeah, I want to be yeah, like, come on, buddy. Dude. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not a religious guy by any means, but come on, let's be honest here. Walked on the water. Did you do, did you do it? <laughs> tell me. You have to tell the truth. <laughs> this is right. a truth-telling dinner party. A little party. bit of mayo, yeah. bit of mayo <laughs> on that one. Yeah. Come on, come on. Come on. Yeah. Or were they all on mushrooms? You drugged that. Water you turned into wine. That's right. Because I have asked them. Yeah. And you've got them. Ah, I'm onto you. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> yeah. and then probably like, 
Um, cut me loose. Fuck, it's a figurehead of so many different religious things. Oh, the third person, maybe Buddha? Mm. And then I'd let them duke it out at the end of this kind of like, well, who, I mean, Buddha would probably not duke it out at all. He'd be interested. But just to think like, these are kind of, these are three incredibly influential people that have huge followings. Uh, and I guess Buddhism is the, probably the religion that I have the most interest in, which is hence why Buddha. Because I think that like that kind of Christianity, Catholicism, whatever is fear mongering, man. It was yeah. I have I have my own personal opinions on that. They are just that, but I, I'm still fascinated by the fact that it does captivate such a vast mm. majority of the Western world. Yeah. So I would be really interested to sit down with Jesus and go, "Did you expect this to happen? Yeah, we just yeah. Kinda like, you really blew up, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, you were huge. You were like, like one of those viral. guys that got bigger when he died, though. <laughs> Stop like, it sucks Park for you, but help us out. Yeah, like you could probably. I mean, if you, if you want hookers and yeah. uh, you know. I hope yeah, yeah. Have um, you seen myself? social media following but he's like uh, yeah them and then the United States of America because uh, the president because I'd be like oh fuck you know things you know things oh, that we don't man. fucking know mm. I've seen Zeitgeist I fucking know yeah. <laughs> I've got theories you've seen Zeitgeist yeah you? yeah I've seen oh, Zeitgeist how good's that oh mate yeah how it's, good it's is unbelievable mind blowing few, first few questions yeah, you just, just sit there bang, going bang, bang, like so that's what I get that'd be my three and Excellent. then I, as long as I can have my mates there as well to rib into them with questions too and they've got to be okay with this taking the piss out of them as yeah well. that's right I yeah. have a bit of a joke with the boys yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, have sure. a they can dinner. take the piss You're out of me dinner, fuck yeah. they want. it's going to be great about America I feel like I feel like Obama would be down he'd be cool yeah Obama would be a great dinner guest he'd be good wouldn't he he's a good man is that all your questions that's all my questions I reckon we should ask Mr. Porter if there is anything you would like to plug my friend um no, I think we got all of them in there. Actually, yeah, no, I will, I will give a shout out to my sponsors, uh, Alpha Fit and Blue Dinosaur Bars, purely because I do genuinely like both those brands. They are Aussie boys, uh, and sorry, not just boys, but Aussie brands. And uh, they've kind of backed me for quite some time now. And I do really love having, I think, you know, particularly with having started to tap into the mainstream with some of my other like affiliations and endorsements and things like that. It's really cool to have these grassroots Aussie companies that I'm still on board with and I do really appreciate the thing with them. I'm also uh, with Nike as well. Um, they're great too, but like, I really, you know, Nike's Nike, fuck, they've got heaps They don't cooler. even need your help. Yeah, yeah. they <laughs> really don't need my help. They have heaps cooler people than me that work with them. Thanks, Ken Potter. <laughs> yeah. Ken Potter. Oh, Kenny Potter. Now, there's a bloke you want to meet. Shout out to Kenny Potter as yeah. well. That's my uh, alter ego when I'm having a good time. Right. Um, Kenny Potter. Wanna, Kenny Potter's a Kenny good fellow. Kenny Potter. Good fellow to get around. You're going to meet him for a beer. <laughs> oh, fuck. One beer will turn into 26. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Oh, that's excellent good. and um, where can they find you can't so for you know I'm probably not going to give out my address I've had some interesting people contact me over the years let's uh, go that, your, uh, your online <laughs> address <laughs> uh, I've got my website is www.iamcarnporter.com uh, and your my, program man you yeah that's program. It's on the same website yeah. it's all there uh, my Instagram is at iamcarnporter I own CrossFit Play in Sydney uh, so you can check out www.crossfitplay.com.au as well uh, .com I think and yeah, that's kind of the only places that I would appreciate random strangers looking for me. If that's okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Cool. Well, that was awesome, man. I reckon um, next time um, we get you on the show, we'll talk about um, unconventional science theory- theories and shit. Oh, we'll, can we? We'll can we get someone that, that actually let's, knows heaps yeah. more than us as well? I know. Let's get, let's get this guy on the show <coughs> and this guy on the show. Sit let's there. make that dinner table. Let's oh, make I'll the dinner table. We'll, this record it. Dinner. we'll, <laughs> we'll make up. the dinner table. <laughs> get them and then like a couple of our bring mates as well. But this guy and we'll this guy again. The listeners are hating it. This guy and this guy. That would be Graham Hancock and... Christopher but Ryan. By this point in time, listeners. Stone and Wood will be like well on board. They'll provide alcoholic beverages <laughs> for everyone for the evening. 
hashtag Stone and Wood. Yeah. No, that'd be awesome. Blue, Dino- Blue Dinosaur Paleo Bars for All as well. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> all righty. Sweet. Thanks, Khan. And that's a wrap. Thanks, guys. All righty, guys. If you liked that show, please subscribe. And if you're already a subscriber, please leave us a rating and review. Outside of leaving us a rating and review, if you have anything that you would like to get out of that show and go back on, you can check it all out at our show notes at www.adventurefittravel.com forward slash radio. Also, don't forget to check out trueprotein.com.au. Use the code ADVF for 10% off. And adventurefittravel.com. Use the code radio for 10% off there also. See you next week.